I mean, she stands in front of the mirror and looks at herself and she thinks she's the shit, right? She's like, I look amazing. It would never occur to her to utter the words like, do I look fat? Or, right, she's not looking at her body through the eyes of the culture, right? She's not looking at her body the way the world looks at women's bodies. She's looking at her body like, I'm a baller. She doesn't have a concept of it. No concept. She just completely, yeah, she just sees herself as amazing. And I've just like never heard her put herself down. And that's something that is not going to last. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Love you so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl. And all they can say is, he's not your kind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank Podcast. How is everybody? This is coming to you live from the state of Utah, the Honeycomb State. O'Neill and I went to the um, Ryan O'Neill went and I went to the uh, the Mormon, the big giant Mormon church. I thought you weren't allowed to get in if you weren't Mormon. Is that the one with DC? The one in DC was always like. I thought you had to be there. Maybe you'd go like on the grounds, but to get in, get in, you had to be Mormon. No? I was like, can I go? And everybody's like, yeah, sure. It's wide open. And it was. Is it the right level? 43. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, we went in there. In DC, I think in D.C. you weren't allowed to go to like the, 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 the best part. Unless you were in the LDS. No? I always thought that was Snoopy playing on top of that fucking giant. There's one on Wilshire in LA. There's one in DC. There's one in Salt Lake. There's probably other ones, but those are the ones I know. And they have this giant gold top to their towers. And there was this dude playing a a trumpet or something. I thought it was, I always thought it was Snoopy. I think the angle when we were driving past it on, you know, on the way to places. In D.C. Uh, you can see it on the Beltway. It's pretty cool. Um, but I am in Utah. We went to the the thing. Oh, that's what I was going to say that. Um, and then there was all these weird, like, honeycombs with an American eagle behind it. We're like, this is fucking crazy. Like, uh, Scientology kind of shit, you know? And then uh, some lady was telling us that there used to be a hotel. But this... the. But they saw the original doors in the in the elevators, so we went in the elevators, and that's where we saw these honeycombs and the American flag things. It was mirrored on the carpet on the floor of the elevators too. This place was nice as fuck. Built in eighteen or nineteen thirty, maybe nineteen oh five, something like that. Um, but then it just turned out that Utah's a honeycomb state. It's not any sort of weird like skull and bones kind of shit. So pretty boring story. No reason to really put it in. Um, We've been skiing, running Salt Lake City of Wise Guys. was great. I loved, I loved doing this religious material to a crowd of people who are almost all came from that crazy Mormon shit. Oh, my God. It was fun. Just turning it on them. Every time they got to be like, wait, what? I'd be like, yeah, what about your crazy shit? You could ask them how they were treated because they were all – it was such a unique, like, fucking – they're all – even if they weren't religious when they grew up. Tons of their friends were. So it always interfered in their lives. They know what I was talking about. What fun to do it there. Uh, from here, we're going to Boise tomorrow. I think it might be sold out anyway. That'll be today, actually, when this comes out. Um, 
This is coming out on Tuesday because uh, Rachel Simmons' new book, my friend Rachel Simmons from high school, the author who wrote the book The Mean Girls was based on. I've had her on the podcast before. Um, she has a new book. She's researched it for three years, I think. God damn, it takes a long time to write a, like a like a, one of those true books. What are they called? Fiction? Nonfiction? <laughs> Fiction? Not, not true. Not, not true is true. So nonfiction. Yeah, she's wrote a nonfiction book. <laughs> Man, did I just get dumber as I was saying, uh, talking about a smart person? <laughs> she's really smart. She probably is the smartest person in my class. And we had a lot of smart people in my class. I went to Jewish school and Jewish day school had, I mean, we had our class, our whole class was 100 people. The entire grade, not class, the entire grade was 100 people. We had, I mean, she's an author. I'm probably lowering it, but like multiple doctors, some lawyers, an economist. Some guy was an engineer for Ford before he died. He had that weird bone disease, though. He was always he was always going to die. Um, pilot? No, that guy got his pilot license in college. That's not even what he was became, right? Keith Yellen. Um, man, we had lots of some. One guy built a hotel. Yeah, we had tons of smart people in my class. Jews are fucking class of ninety two. Anyway, Rachel wrote a new book. It's about women. Enough as she is. How to help girls move beyond impossible standards of success to live healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. Guys, this is one of those things where it's not, uh, it's not attacking you. <laughs> it's a woman's thing, but it's not like your fault, you know? Uh, you can just get behind it. It's just about, um, you know, you know how they talk about the, the wage gap? And one of the reasons they say is because women have trouble uh, asking for raises, whereas men have it easier. So this type of book is just about how to get girls that confident again. So if you have a daughter, uh, if you're a woman yourself, um, if you know, I don't know, maybe not if you know people with daughters. Or maybe if you're a daughter, if you're a little girl who's reading this podcast, listening to this podcast, a little girl. But anyway, um, there's this thing that happened. She told me this a while ago. Um, I was watching, I was spending the weekend over there. We went apple picking. It was this, we did some white bougie ass shit. We went apple picking in like wherever she lives near Smith college. Um, with her daughter, that was the last podcast she was on. We talked about her having her daughter. She had artificial insemination. Look up the last podcast. It was pretty fun. All my friends from high school uh, listened to it. They all liked it too. It was just good high school stories. But um, where was I? Get there together, Ari. Let's bring it together in your mind. Let's get there. Oh, okay. So um, she has devoted her life to, I guess, to girls' leadership. And so she wrote this book about how women – Some. oh, I know, I know. Okay, I, I, I was just faking it there. I, I know where I was. So we're hanging out with her daughter, very cute daughter, and we're having a good time, and she's rambunctious, and she's fun. She, faced, she paints in my face. She does fun shit. I can talk to her. I can make fun of her. Um, 
we're on the trip. I mean, you guys know how much I hate children. <laughs> you have to see my special. <laughs> so we were jumping on the trampoline, and she's like, I'll pretend to be you. And I was like, I'll pretend to be you. <laughs> I'm crying over nothing because I, <laughs> cause I get sad and, and when I get too tired. So I'm crying all the time over nothing. And she was just like, <laughs> you really got me. That's me to a T. She took it. She took the joke. She's a good kid. But as we were walking around or going on a hike or something, and she's just running off on her own. She's like five or seven or some shit. I don't know. I can't tell the difference in kids. I think she's at least five. She might be five. Um, that's kindergarten. Ah, she might. She's not a second grader. I don't think she was a second grader. Um, and she's confident. And Rachel just like offhanded was like, "Oh yeah, it's just it sucks because she's go- she's going to lose that confidence." And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's just going to get conditioned into her. It's just sad. Um, And that's just some shit that happens to girls. It's not like, oh, guys don't have to deal with it. Girls do. It's whatever. It's just something women deal with. Like their period. Guys don't ever feel attacked when women talk about their period. I guess because they feel like they didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) It's just going to happen anyway. That might be the only thing. And this isn't really just guys doing it. It's just something that happens. Um. I mean, some of it, you know, is is how men and women relate to each other, I guess. But anyway, we went into it. We got into it, um, talked about this, and it's just a good way if you have a kid to to combat that and to keep them that their confident young selves that they are as they move into adulthood. It's cool. It's cool the idea to write a book. <sighs> I mean, research all the time. It seems so shitty. I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, thank God they kicked me off Twitter because I was on there way too much. Anyway, um, let's start the episode. A few dates. I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho tonight. You're not going to – I think it might be sold out. Then we're going – me and O'Neill are going to, to Seattle. Those are both sold out. I don't know why I mention it. Uh, Nick Yusuf is opening for me in Calusa. A few tickets left at the Calusa Casino. Vancouver, the storytelling show is sold out. The show, The Vogue, I think still has some tickets left. You might have to get a pass to get them. Hurry up and get them if you haven't gotten them. Um, And then I added in April, oh, then Edmonton. I'm going to Edmonton after that, the comic strip. I guess the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, I added Syracuse, Syracuse, and um, Albany. Adrian Appalucci is coming with me. We're going to do some hiking on the way, if I can convince her to. She, by the way, had the best Florida shooting joke. It was the day after. It was everybody was raw. I tried one. It was like just for shock value. But like she had a good joke 37 hours later. And it fucking, ah, it might have been one of the best jokes I've ever heard in terms of like the time too. God, you can see people talking about it. Oh, at the cellar late at night. <laughs> I mean, the bodies literally were not cold yet. Oh. Anyway, she's opening for me. <laughs> Maybe she'll do that joke in Syracuse and, uh, and Albany at the Funny Bones one night each. Uh, and that's it. And then um, Edinburgh is almost wrapped up. I mean, it's wrapped up. I'm doing the Hive at 6 p.m. Uh, I'm doing Australia. Oh, Australia, Perth. Then 13th and 14th. Then from there, Melbourne, the 17th through the 
5th or 21st. I'm going to add some storytelling shows. Get tickets now. I'm at the comic strip. Then I'm in Sydney for a couple days. Adelaide before Sydney. Um, and then finishing up in Brisbane on May 1st. Get tickets. I'm running. I'm running. I'm going to run my Edinburgh hour. Since I'm trying this real fucking UK style hour, I'm going to run this Edinburgh hour at the Fat Black around the corner from the Comedy Cellar all through June and the first half of July. I'm going to do like the hour straight through like I would in Edinburgh and try to fucking just hone it down. It's a preview show. That's what they do all through London. Did you know that? In June and July, you just get these preview shows, these cheaper ticket preview shows. And it's their Edinburgh hour and they're just trying to work it out. But those guys put that shit together, a lot of them, for like two months. And that's it. I don't understand how they do that. Well, I mean, a lot of them suck. But even the good ones. No, maybe the good ones they might be working on the whole time. Really, the good people. Nish Kumar's always got a good one, right? Nick Cody, he's always got good ones. Like, they, they work on it the whole year. But Nick Cody's is not really as much a uh, one of those UK-style like storytelling or what or theme ones. Anyway, I'm trying to theme one and it's all Judaism shit. So I think I'm calling it Ari Shafir Jew. In Melbourne it's Ari Shafir Heretic, but I think Jew might be better. The poster is sick. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I waiting for? Let's start the episode. Um reach out to Rachel Simmons on Twitter. Um bugger to start her podcast, especially if you have a daughter. She should be starting one. She has a great idea. It's just no one's doing that shit that she's doing. No one's researching like girls leadership like really researching it like she is get the book enough as she is order it on amazon right now by harper collins press that's legitimate harper collins publishers enough as she is how to help girls move beyond impossible standards of success to live healthy happy and fulfilling lives by rachel simmons ladies and gentlemen let's start the episode um okay first of all let me tell you that um i did not come up with this title I had terrible title ideas, girls, or just girls, 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 was Ryan O'Neill's idea. And then someone on Twitter, I fucking forgot who, Instagram, I mean, let me look this up. I might be able to find it. I like giving credit where credit is due, you know? Um, I'll pause. Who? Austin Donovan. Austin D624 on Instagram. Uh, a girl's gone mild seems so obvious. That's what I'm calling it. When girls lose their confidence, girls gone mild. Fucking the internet is such, it has always provided the most interesting videos and memes, ideas at its, at its finest. It's just a bunch of people coming together to help each other. Those YouTube tutorial videos, people want to make money off those. That's just like a, here, here's how to do garage band or here's how to do some like change of oil. You're, they're happy when they get hits, but they ain't fucking making money off it. But then there's a thousand people out there just helping, just putting out for the world to help. There's good shit in the world. We get too bogged down with all the negative crap. There's good shit all over the world. Just have to tune that other shit out. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shepard's Skeptic, episode 316. Girls Gone Mild with my classmate from Jewish Day School, Rachel Simmons, starts now. She's got the cool look. She's got the money. She's got a law degree. She pioneered the introduction of the CD. When she was young, she went to catch your books. The wisdom blew her away. She's got the money, got 
tonight. Um, I've just been less like, I gotta do one every week. And, yeah. But now I get like, I gotta find people that are interesting to interview and then like arrange with them. And it's like, <laughs> I just don't want to do any work. Yeah, maybe, I mean, you know. Yeah, possibly. It is. I'll do the interviews, the introductions later. But I'm here with Rachel. Second time on my podcast. How has promotion gone so far? It's a nightmare. It's a living nightmare. <laughs> you got to do pre-promotion, right? So people can like pre-buy it. Is that how you do it? Or yeah, and also like generally speaking, publicists and publishing houses aren't famous for getting lots of media for you. So you kind of have to hustle. And also, it's been oh. ten years since I wrote a book, which means has it really been a decade? Yeah, you should rub wow. that in for sure. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> indolent. Are the people this, the outlets the same? Well, no. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, what it takes to sell a book has changed radically. Completely. Yeah. Like, here I am on this podcast, kissing your ass. No, this wasn't hoping around. to sell some books. It's <laughs> my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that wasn't a thing ten years ago. So yeah. it turns out, like, I just had no idea how much work it was going to be, and like, I have a full time job and I have a five year old. So yeah, I'm basically dying right now. Every once in a while, some like publicists come to me. Sometimes now, they just know I'm, a, I guess, technically a media outlet. Yeah. So they're like, hey, can we get so-and-so an interview? I'm like, yeah. They're like, how long do you need? I'm like, yeah, two hours, maybe three or whatever. And they're like, we got 20 minutes. And I'm like, that, all right, that's not going to – if I was writing up a, a piece, then maybe I could ask some questions. But yeah, like, no, you go deep. I don't Yeah, you just have you a conversation. It's a conversation. Yeah. <sighs> What's this book called? Let's get it's that out of the way. called Enough As She Is, How to Help Girls Move Beyond Impossible Standards of Success – to live happy, healthy, fulfilling lives. Is that not the longest subtitle you've ever heard? That's in your very life? long. I it's, was like, wow. It's a lot. I get uncomfortable about midway through and I think I'm losing people. What's the first part? Enough as she is. Enough as she is. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, you've been hashtagging that a lot lately. Lots of hashtagging. <laughs> totally coincidental. Not yeah. at all designed to sell books. Oh, wow. I thought maybe that was going to be, that was your podcast for a second. Yeah. What's no. happening with that? Um, you know, I live in, I have a dream of a podcast, but I'm yeah. too lazy. To start it. To make it happen. So maybe someday. I've done more research. For sure between 25 and 50 bucks. Every for what? time. You take this file out, send it to somebody, 25 to 50 bucks, and they'll upload it. Really? Yeah. All okay. done. I think, I, think I, I think people might enjoy hearing me. Yeah. You know, I overshare. I make jokes. <laughs> the shit you say that I'm not going to get into about college life um, is hilarious and enlightening to me. Well, I do speak some truth about college life, but I say it with love, even though yeah. I usually offend and trigger everybody within five minute. Uh, well, it, it's like a desire to be triggered, though, right? It comes down to like, if I get triggered or angered, that's like, sweet, nailed it, did it. Yeah, I think it's like people have big feelings and they want some place to put them. Actually, I have a theory about this, okay. and I could be wrong. But I do think that if you are on a college campus and if you are on a four year campus, that's like a nice college. That you might have some guilt about not being more involved in the struggle. And so I think sometimes college students have really big reactions to things that people not living in college are like, huh, why are you making such a big deal out of this? And oh, I think right. it, it's some of it is driven, I think, by a sense that like I need to be doing more. So I'm going to get really upset about the lack of like recyclable napkins in my dining hall. I'm going to like have a sit in about that. And then people like me, civilians are like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know. Also go, like, go binge watch something. Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or like also like just get it done. Just start a recycling plant. Why yeah. are you yelling at people? Right. And then and – Uninvolved then, people. Yeah. And so I think what – it's sort of like the thing that teenagers do. And this is a very – it's kind of a girl thing too where like 
you talk in a normal voice to a girl and she's like, why are you yelling at me? I've <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So maybe it's not just a, oh yeah. Anyway, we'll move, moving right along. Um, so I think there's some of that. So like what we as a kind of grown up slash civilians think of as happening at a normal volume, a college student is like, Jesus, stop screaming at me. Yeah. So They're I don't like know. TSA people. We're like, why also are you raising your voice? Like, I'm not. I'm just asking why I have to do this. Can I tell you something? In 2018, my goal is yeah. to develop close relationships with my TSA employees. I want to be nicer to them. You go to the same ones every time. Well, you know, I walk going through the same airport. It's a pretty small airport. I just, like, I don't want to take out my hostility on them. I have a memory of a really bad day where I actually kind of snarled at one, and it, it dogs me. Like, the memory of being mean to this TSA employee is something that I'm going to go to my grave with. It bothers you. Yeah. Like I wish I could apologize to him, but at this point I don't even remember what airport it was. <laughs> You're like, I'm looking for a guy. Uh, probably. I don't know. I was such an asshole. I was, I was such a baby, you know? So I'm going to carry that with me and try to, in his name, be, be decent. Yeah. 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 I'm like, you want to touch my crotch? It's like, great. Right, go for it. Yeah, please. Aren't you supposed to call? Aren't you usually supposed to call the perverts in here? Yeah. Like, isn't that normally what you do? I, Guys, right. come on. Bring come them. on. It's yeah. okay. You want to take me to a private room? <laughs> sure. Do you ever go to the private room? No, I haven't I'm always had like, that. fuck that. No way. Yeah. And do no. what you do out here with witnesses. Yeah. No, I'm an oversharer. So, and ever since childbirth, I've lost all my modesty. So, if anybody wants to touch me in public, I'm down. Go for it. Yeah, totally down. They ask me if I'm sensitive. I'm like, just my dick, man. And they're like, watch your language. I'm like, I'm sorry, just my penis. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, just balls hurt sometimes when you touch them too hard yeah they're like <laughs> they just get so mad at me <laughs> i like i fuck them i don't agree with you at all fuck all of them you know They're taking awful jobs i, I i'm yeah i'm just gonna disagree i think it's yeah, an it's opportunity fun. for us to practice random acts of kindness the tsa i think that should be their new campaign actually you should bake them cookies but they can't accept it so what you do is bake really soft baked cookies so like this counts as a liquid and then they have to confiscate it <laughs> that's no <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I just had my water bottle confiscated in National Airport, and I almost one? had a meltdown. Uh, like, it was a it was a swell bottle, and I almost had a meltdown. And then I thought, you know what? Okay. I mean, it's not going to get you anything to melt down, right? That's what. It but I'm saying, to. I used yeah. to just get you know very adolescent. I had one. I, this one, I think, and I was going through, and they were like, "Hey, it's full of water. You got to like either check it. I love when they like check it. I'm like, you know, no one's ever gone back through the line to check one unluggaged." piece of exactly that's why so i'm like take my fucking water bottle yeah. but also but i'm like kind of bored out like oh you gotta go do it out there and restart i'm like come on you man. guys are so proud of his water bottle literally the so first proud. thing he showed me when i saw him like haven't seen him in six months how are you he like holds up the water bottle look what i got i'm like, green yo you would love that from I, fucking he's Crunch Town. so i i would but it's hilarious how proud of it you are yeah it's like you i don't know and yogi tea i'm fucking a hippie now i'm yeah. just like you Rachel. yeah yep yep stars are just like us <laughs> it does say yogi. Yeah. Um, stars, what are just like they're us. just like us. <laughs> they're nothing. P.S. Like us. Segue for that. I've been thinking about how like Uma Thurman's piece about Harvey Weinstein in the New York Times. Did you see that? I know. I know. I just heard she said something about Tarantino. Yeah. So like, Maureen oh. Dowd from the New York Times interviewed Uma Thurman and about her experience and. You know, there was a whole period where Uma Thurman said on the red carpet, I think at the Golden Globes, like, I'm too angry. I'm not ready. And so finally she was ready and she kind of spewed it out. And I had this reaction. I don't know if other people did, but I had this reaction of like, I'm 
kind of not here for all these elite women's narratives anymore like i know they're not the normals but sort of so it was the thing that was going through my head which is why i thought of this was like stars they get assaulted just like us like like i feel like we're <laughs> replicating the same like obsession with stars same around assault yeah oh, and it's wow. sort of like i don't i mean it's not that i have it's not that i lack compassion for uma thurman or that i don't think that she deserves justice but the way that we completely like privilege the narratives, the stories of these women the over anybody throat. else, yeah, it's the same thing, the same reason why we click on like, you know, what did uh, one of the Kardashians just name their kids? Stormy. Mm-hmm. Or so-and-so Can't makes up with one. her mother. Oh, and I'm so obsessed. Anyway. It is that. I think you're right. Yeah. There's some level where I was like, why do we give a shit about actors and actresses? Right. They're the worst of us. Because it's like the popular people in high school and we're just like interested. We're just replicating that same obsession and I'm just not sure how healthy that is if we're really trying to talk about harassment and assault. Yeah, and they're all doing like too many male directors are nominated. It was like, what about women in the workplace? Like, you guys are the elite. This doesn't apply. Yeah, 100%. And we also have the situation where like everybody in Hollywood is talking about Me Too. And then you go to the Grammys where women are half naked, like absolutely a thousand percent sexualized. Yeah. You know, and then we're like, oh, why are women still assaulted in this industry? Mm. So, you know, time is up only in certain places, I guess. Do you think your queen, um, Beyonce, do you think she is hurting the female agenda with the way she always dressed? Starting with the easy questions. Or, Or is she just empowering herself? Um, well, remember Beyonce did models. stand in front of a big sign that said feminist, like a lit up feminist sign. So at that point, I feel like she won me over. Yeah. Big, I mean, not that she hadn't won me over, but like anybody who's willing to identify themselves as a feminist publicly right now yeah. is going pretty far, which is sort of pathetic. It's a pretty pathetic metric for measuring like somebody's commitment to gender equality. But honestly, so many people don't want to say they're feminists. Really? Oh, Yeah. They think it means that they're man haters, that they're lesbians. It's a huge problem on college campuses. You ask a girl like, you know, do you consider yourself a feminist? And she's like, nah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's a great impression. So, um, (laughs) sorry, that sounds really diminishing. I just want to make Ari laugh because I live to make Ari laugh. That's like the best. Um, So, yeah, I think the fact that Beyonce goes on record that way. I also think she dresses in a pretty classy ass way. I do sometimes get freaked out by her Instagram posts. Like, I don't know how deeply you go into that feed, Uh but yeah, I mean, it just feels a little intense and like. But then there was this the 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 little shot of um, Blue Ivy completely owning her parents at the Grammys when she was trying to shush them. Um, Bay and Jay were clapping, and Blue was sitting right in between them. And she literally just shut them down and was like, "Stop! You're embarrassing me!" Like the camera just caught her doing it, and they completely complied. So you're just like, "Yeah, you guys are just parents, just, just like parents. us, yeah. suckers, <laughs> right? Like you're owned by a five year old, just like me. No matter how rich you get, yeah, you yeah, cannot shut up a child, right? So it's like kind of, that was like a kind of a humbling moment." Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you, I'm here for Beyonce. Did you? Okay. But I mean, uh, yeah. But when we talk about like, oh, what were we just saying before this? Were women? Um, I don't know. College and not dress. identifying as feminists. Yeah. It was before that. With like their dress or their whatever. Maybe they weren't saying anything about dress. I don't know why I thought of that. The way she dresses. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes like scandalously. Oh, oh s- I know what you said. Because the Grammys, people are right. dressed half naked. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like she's sort of doing that. But then it's like, I mean, she I, has, guess but she, I feel like sure. I, I mean, she might yeah, too. I, I really think she, I think her clothing has gotten somewhat more modest and, um, you know, as she's gotten older. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Women love Beyonce. She's the new Madonna. What's not to love? She's the new Madonna. She's the new Oprah, yo. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Do you think she's going to run for president? <laughs> Oprah? Yeah. Um, 
I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I can't imagine in part because I feel like when you run for president, your life is then put um, in the crosshairs. In other words, every minute of your past gets excavated by opposition researchers who are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to find every last bit of dirt on you. And honestly, like, yes, Oprah has shared a lot about her past, but I'm going to bet there are other things she might not want us to know about. And, you know, weird, like I torture flies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. It's just like, I'm not sure that's worth it to Oprah. I'm not sure it's worth it to her to lose that. And I think she's got enough influence right now in the world that she doesn't need the Oval Office to exert. And she's also never struck me as someone who's particularly interested in policy. But yeah, yeah, what do I know? It's, I think a lot of people, more people now are just like, fuck, that guy sucks. I could do better than that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, and I also think at the same time, the shock value has worn off and a lot of us are just like, we've, we've numbed ourselves and we're all just walking around with our heads hung low, like some weird sci-fi novel where we're all waiting for the end to it's come. It's a quarter and liberated. Yeah. 25, 27% now maybe. Yeah. Somebody told me, so I used to work in politics and somebody told me that in 2018, that if the Democrats went back the house, then we could maybe have impeachment proceedings. Like if, if, you know, Democrats are impeachment's tough and they, the Senate, that's the thing they oh, were hoping for day one. They're like, maybe we'll impeach him. Maybe we'll resign. And it's yeah. like, can't go in anywhere. You're not going to impeach a guy unless he breaks the law. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think hope, hope springs eternal, but I thought that was an interesting theory that, you know, if Democrats control Congress, maybe they would, they would be able to move forward on impeachment hearings, but like, I just, for senility, um, yeah. <laughs> Or for any other number of things that yeah. we've seen. I just, I just, you know, I, I, I definitely feel this, this real sadness about it. And um, I'm a pol- political junkie, so I just, uh, there's no end to the outrage. You think this is what started me too, right? Which? Trump. No, but I do think Trump opened the door for it. I think, I think the fact that he was not held accountable for his alleged assaults started, yeah. st- you know, a lot of anger and rage stewing. And then when he won, I think that was a lot of obviously we had the women's march. Um, and I think in general, women have been growing stronger, even though, you know, you could certainly argue that in some ways they're not. But if you look at the fact that, like, the amount of money they're making is going up, the number of women mm-hmm. going to college and graduate school far exceeds the number of men. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I know we're coming for you. It's happening. Um, <laughs> Hannah Rosen, Hannah Rosen um, who's your reporter and now public radio reporter, wrote a book Hannah called or uh, Hannah? Hannah. Okay. That goes by Hannah. But okay. yes, was born in Israel, as, as far as I know. She wrote a book called The End of Men, which basically is looking at the coming change of women's increasing dominance economically and, you yeah. know. Um, and so more women are going to college and grad school, then there'll be more of the workforce in right, five, 10 years. Exactly. And there's a whole set of statistics showing that men and boys are also are really struggling, um, whether it's with, you know, ADD or crime or whatever it is. Um, and so the fact is like, there is a shift in terms of women feeling more powerful and it's probably the case, right? If you look at two female reporters at the New York times broke the Harvey Weinstein story, you know, they were empowered to do that. Um, they were told they had like a, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, the fucking I never know what the words are. Anything? Come on, pot. They were told they had a, a directive. Or we're going after men. Oh, this year, yeah, twenty seventeen. Well, I think it was after um, Bill O'Reilly. So it was after they blew up Bill O'Reilly's career. And somebody at the Times was like, "Oh, this is fun. Like, let's see yeah. who else we can these, totally these mess with." Yeah. Um, that was my friend Anne who oh, just really? stuck her head in. Anne. Yeah, oh. can't believe you just said the name. <laughs> oh shit sorry that's okay um so take it out yeah you gotta take it out um, you can't be friends with her no but i don't want to you know yeah 
I never think. I, I, I make none of my personal life is like off limits. Except actually, that's not true. Well, I try it's to my hide personal my, life. Yeah. I I will show, but I I mean, it's just her. Yeah. What's off limits for you? I try not to say my like um, parents and my nieces and nephews' names yeah, and stuff, exactly. and like so I can never accept them on up. Facebook and stuff before this. You can never what on Facebook? You can't. Accept them as friends. Why? Because the animals that follow me. Oh, right. <laughs> not all of them, but just here or there yeah. who, who don't know any limits. Yeah. Who have no, like, I've had to say to too many people, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's a person you're talking to. Yeah. Are you? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And like, yeah. go apologize. Do you find that you have, that it's really hard for you to even b- believe that people act like this? I don't know if that's my naivete or I live in some weird progressive bubble, but I have this thing of like, how can you do this? Like, yeah. what level of, of absolute perversity is in your soul that you could engage in behavior like this? Like, I'm just, like, naive. Yeah. I think some of it's, like, they don't think that celebrity is, like, they're real people or something. So, like, my friend Big J has, um, he, he like, somebody, like, shit on him on Twitter or something. I was like, hey, man, I'm a fucking person. And the guy was like, oh, honestly, I didn't even think you read this. Right. Yeah, I, I, I've it wasn't heard that using my kind head. of story before. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's, like, two-dimensional or one-dimensional. Yeah. When I was at Mosheva, Kate Mosheva, yeah, for Jews. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> By the way, has any woman ever wanted to be called Big Anything? Big? Yeah. What do you mean? No, you said Big J. My friend, oh, Big, Big J. J. No, right? no woman has like, wanted to be called Big. Like that's clear gender difference. No <laughs> yeah. woman has ever asked for a nickname that begins with Big. It's kind of like Fat Amy. Big Trish. And um, did you watch um, Pitch Perfect? Fat Amy. You probably didn't watch Pitch I, Perfect. I Among the movies, Irish Fear will never see. Is the ones geared towards teenage Pitch women? Perfect. Yes. <laughs> well, not teenage. I mean, I feel like it's a bit of a chick flick. Anyway, the point is, it's pretty funny. And they had a fat Amy in it. And she's like really unusual that she would be like so cool with being called fat Amy. Is that Rebel Wilson? That's correct. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Rebel is a way better name than fat Amy. 100%. My point <laughs> she being, should go by now, that. Like my dad used to call me a moose when I was a teenager, like as a joke. And I was like, what the fuck? Like you never. Uh, no, no. No, no. Just like parenting tip. No, never, ever, ever compare your adolescent daughter to a moose. Yeah. Like just, that's just no. You just don't. Um, I was going to say we're on Moshevad that we had to fill out the canteen like what we wanted mm-hmm. and you have a certain amount of money in there and so I like timed it for the last like three or four days it's such a Jewish thing to get exactly every penny out right so I get you out, like 55 it. cents is this so I need yeah. to be at 55 by yesterday so I finished and then the last day I had nothing so I just wrote in the boxes um, uh, F and one U C K <laughs> space Y O U and I was like I had more room and then counselors. I wrote bitch also uh, I was thrown out of Moshava for that? For four days early, five days early. They were like, for writing fuck you, bitch? Yeah. I was like, I wasn't writing it to the lady. They're like, well, who are you writing it to? I'm like, just to like the ether. And uh, they're like, we don't. Like, I was being creative. Cr- I was making a mnemonic device. Yeah. Yeah. No. And they were like, stand all, all day in your dorm. Oh. You can't leave. Yeah. That's, that's a very harsh reaction. Yeah. I'm not sure I would go that route. For that uh, kind of thing. Orthodox Jewish. When I was camp. in third grade, I changed all the words to the Hebrew prayers to curse words. And then I sang in the prayer song tone, but I used curse words instead of Hebrew words. Out loud? Correct. Third grade. Fuck you. Got in a lot of trouble. Bitch. Yeah. Like that? Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> I think it was like, um, like, I don't know, I'm like, you motherfucker, <laughs> you're an asshole. You fucking shit. <laughs> Did you lead? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I was just overheard doing it. Like, that was my way of rebelling during prayer time. Uh-huh. And I just got, you know, completely crucified. 
in third grade. My parents were more. But that's how you on. learn to be an adult who's like comes into society. We're like, you can't do things like that. Yeah, no, you can't. You but it's funny. You know. So my daughter, um, who is almost six, she you know, one of the advantages of being a single mom is that it's a lot easier not to curse in front of your kid because you're not frequently talking to another adult in front of your child. Um, right. So you're not being like, God damn it. This, you know, my job sucks. Like you're just, you're talking much more is oriented. Yeah. To yeah. A kid. So anyway, my kid doesn't really curse at all. Really? She's just discovered that Jesus is probably not because she, because I always go Jesus. And so she started saying that and she knows that's not cool, but it's a funny advantage of single parenthood where, you know, you're just generally not cursing in the same way that you would be if you were talking more to your spouse slash, you know, oh, friend. Right. right. So, um, so a lot of my friends' kids are like dropping f bombs and doing the kinds of things that and I your was doing. Like, oh, what she doesn't even words? know what she doesn't know. Like, she has no idea what what that word even means. And she loves music. Oh, so here's another problem I'm having. So we both really love music, and we have Spotify. And you you're know? Swifties. What? You're both a Swifties. We're both hardcore Swifties, actually. Um, but this problem does not pertain to Taylor Swift music. I don't really know how to find the non-explicit versions of songs and I'm too lazy to do that. So my daughter is singing like all these like really um, obscene songs. Really? She doesn't know what the words mean. And so I'm kind of waiting for the phone call from like a teacher being like, so your daughter was singing like Cardi B um, in the classroom <laughs> and, you know, she says she doesn't dance no more. You know, she makes money moves or whatever. And like, I feel like I just... Yeah, money moves. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's kind of becoming an increasing issue where I need to like stop being so lazy and like find the non-explicit version those are just parenting challenges do you have a separate netflix for her yeah of course and separate youtube and she can't get into your netflix uh no she totally can but she would just basically like be seeing black mirror and stranger things and stuff like these shows suck mom yeah she wouldn't care if it's not like a pony like my little pony although i did finally put her on youtube kids because i don't know if you know this youtube has a lot of like weird segues like weird passageways between like my little real my little pony and then like pornographic my little pony so like she could be looking she could be like bouncing from pony video to pony video and then all of a sudden sees like some guy like doing anal with a horse like no i'm serious so that i had to pull her off like she didn't see it like like furries i mean i you know i don't know what they're called but i'm just saying like like YouTube is actually kind of insidious, right? Because it's sort of, they just go into this, they go bouncing from video to video and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, so I've had to, I've had, we had to switch to YouTube kids. Okay. Wow. Well, let's talk about this. It's a good segue anyway, because I had a blast hanging out with your daughter. Yeah. She's time. pretty, she's pretty excellent. Yeah. She's, she's good people. Yeah. And when she acts like a, like a, like a jerk, like a spoiled brat, like yeah. not that often this last time. The like time a before. savage, primitive yeah. last person. Last time before when she was kicking the seat, I love like, I have no allegiance to you. So I'll just be like, oh, are you crying for no reason? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and generally she wasn't doing that at all. So it was fun to hang out with her. We had a good time. Yeah. She's like, she's pretty cool. I mean, she, you know, I think kids have, she's an only child of a single mom. So she's sort yeah. of had to learn how to like make her way a with all kinds of random mom. people. <laughs> right. But like, she just like knows how to hang. Right, she can hang. Yeah, that she's had to hang with like so many different people, you know. Like, I tell you what, I was, t- yeah, yeah. When I was making fun of her on the trampoline, and uh, and she was like, "I'll pretend to be you." I was like, "Okay," and then I'll pretend to be you. And I was like, <laughs> "I cry over nothing. Oh, nothing has happened to me, and I feel so upset about it." And she just started laughing. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "She would never, she would never let me do that. She'd crucify me if I, if I said that to her." Her face was almost like, "Yeah, you got me. You got me on that one." <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, this age is much better than the savage like toddler years when they just are not negotiable. But now, now she's cool. She like is really interested in like learning things and asks questions. Like she just keeps saying, "How how was the whole world made? How did we make the world?" Really? Yeah. I'm, and you're like, because you can see it's kind of like um, it's kind of. I mean, it's not like being with a really high person, but it kind of is because you're like dealing with somebody who's all of a sudden processing parts of the world that they never understood before. Never thought of it. Like, right. Oh, man, was all this so around? once, right. Exactly the way, like when you're high and you're like, Oh my God, like what if we're all just super connected? You know, like yeah. that kind of thing. They're having that reaction about things that we take for granted. Like, you know, evolution, like how did people look like people? And you're like, Oh Jesus, do I tell her about God? Like, what's the answer? Um, and these are things that we take for granted that they're just coming into the realization of. So that's, that's like pretty, pretty cool. It's really cool. So in that sense, it's being maybe it's not even like like being around somebody who's high, like being around somebody who's like tripping in some way. They're just like, whoa, like I didn't get that before. Yeah. I love that about parenting. It's pretty cool. It's like yeah. if somebody comes in New York for the first time, they're looking at the, the architecture and you're like, what? Right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It is gorgeous. Yeah. So you said something once. You were like, you were like, I love how she is right now. What is she, five, six? She's five, yeah. Uh, And you're like, she's confident, but she's like, but you were like, I'm upset and not angry. I don't know what the word to use, but like that she's going to lose her confidence. Yeah. I mean, she stands in front of the mirror and looks at herself and she thinks she's the shit, right? She's like, I look amazing. It would never occur to her to utter the words like, do I look fat? Or, right, she's not looking at her body through the eyes of the culture, right? She's not looking at her body the way the world looks at women's bodies. She's right. looking at her body like I'm a baller. She doesn't have a concept of it. No concept. Like she just completely, yeah. She just sees herself as amazing. And I've just like never heard her put herself down. And that's something that is not going to last. Do you think, I want to get into it, but do you think some of that is because she has nothing to compare herself to? No, I think she just hasn't. She Remember, like, so if what I said is true, if she's slowly coming into the realization of how the world works and yeah. how things are connected or not made or not like that means she hasn't quite downloaded the expectations of what it means to be a girl yeah she doesn't know that yet she i mean she's starting to know she said to me literally like two nights ago she said you know mom all the boys are silly but the girls aren't in class meaning the boys give the teachers a hard time so she's the girls have behaved. sure and she's saying i mean she's noticed other gender differences before but she's basically telling me the girls know how to behave and please the teachers and they're doing the girl thing which is to be the good girl and the boys are taking up space and, you know, messing around and those kinds of habits that start forming at her age then result much later on in a loss of confidence and sort of not getting your needs met not asking for a raise and not advocating for yourself because you're so busy pleasing people. Do you hold by that as one of the reasons for gender gap is because um, women have a tougher time asking for raises? Partly. I don't think that's the main reason, but Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, not to like take a hard pivot here, but the Aziz Ansari thing that happened, right? Like uh, <laughs> Ari's getting a look on his face. Like the Aziz Ansari case of like everybody, you know, getting upset at this woman for um, the so-called, you know, grace 
for accusing him in the way that she did, for not going on the record. But people were most angry with her because it's like, well, why didn't you tell her him that you were upset? Why didn't you leave? Please. Why didn't you yeah. tell him to stop, right? That was in the New York Times. A woman wrote about this. Many women did. And as much as I take a lot of issue with what happened to Aziz Ansari, I actually feel like, well, the reason why Grace didn't do those things is because she learned at a really young age that girls aren't silly, right? The way right. my daughter did. And she learned that you're not supposed to raise your voice or say no or push back and if you want to be liked. Right. And she learned that guys. And she wanted are gonna, to be liked by this famous person. Right. And then she learned that, like, guys are not going to think she's chill and guys are not going to think she can hang if she is high maintenance and not chill. Right. Yeah. And so, um, no chill is the term. And so, no like, chill, yeah. there's a little bit of, um, I guess, hypocrisy there around expecting a woman to do something that we don't give her permission to do in the first place. I read something about it where it's like, let's forget that Aziz did anything wrong and just concentrate on the woman's issue here, which I think is like a better way to do it, where it's like, the article is almost sort of like vilifying this guy for like, what do you want me to do? Misreading uh, what a blowjob means? Right. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm sorry if you didn't know how to say goodbye. But like, let's ignore all that. He's done nothing wrong. And let's just look at like her. It's like, well, what does make you like unable to be able to say, I want to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's and a, what does make fine. you expect him to read your mind? Yeah. There was an expectation that he was just going to read her nonverbal signals. Well, I mean, I don't know if that that's necessarily fair. I tell girls all the time and women, it's, you can't expect people to read your mind. You have to tell them what you need. Yeah, he's the least like physically domineering um, or, or or like worrisome guy you would have to worry about. He's yeah, have tiny, you ever hooked up with him? No, but he's like a tiny man. Yeah, but that's like such a male thing to say because you're like, you're like, he would never do that to a woman. Like you actually have no idea how he is behind closed doors. No, but even in the article, there was never like, shut up, bitch. You're not going anywhere. There was no, there was not even no, but like, it sounded like he was not taking cues and he was being a bit of a sleaze. That I think is sleaze, not a okay. dispute. Yeah, sure. Right, but, but, like, but I mean, but isn't the point then that it's not doesn't matter how big he is. What matters is that she couldn't express herself. She didn't need to push him off her. She needed to just say no. She just said, "I'm going to get out of here. Thank right. you for a nice dinner. I'm I'm going to leave." Yeah, but I do I do want to say I don't think we can know how he is behind closed doors and just because he seems small or. Yeah. Not physical. And a, and a like nerd. He hasn't tried to like grab your balls. Yeah. So that, but that's not like a really good criteria for assessing whether or not he could assault a woman. I guess. Yeah, you're right. But like, I love was, being right. It, it was such a biggest <laughs> thing was like, you gave him a blowjob and then gave him another one. And she was like, you didn't take my nonverbal cues. And it was like, right. I don't know. Oral sex is a pretty big nonverbal cue that like, that you're in. You are down. interested. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it did make me think a lot about my own bad sex experiences, bad hookup experiences, and we've all had those. We've all had them. Yeah. And it's like, I should have just fucking gone. Right. Um, yeah. Do we even have a place anymore where you get to just go, yeah, I fucked up. But once again, we wouldn't be caring about this guy if he wasn't famous. No, you're right. Who gets heard? Nobody would give a shit about that girl. If this was just an article about a guy named Billy. They'd be like, what's your problem? That's bad sex. Yeah. Like it just would never get the same play. Yeah. So I, I do think, and I'm just not sure we've heard enough about why we're talking about famous people so much. And like, that it's just, I think, all we're, I think we're 100%. I mean, really? Well, just like the famous people I've met. I mean, I guess you qualify as famous. So you're no, not. I do not. Okay. But we, <laughs> I have met a few famous people and for the most part, they're like weird 
they don't live on this earth. Mm-mm. Like they're operating in a in a dimension that I is not rational. Yeah, they get yes manned too much. Yeah, too much, and then they sort of just they just they they kind of disengage from basic obligations to other people, and you're like, okay. Uh, yeah, no, if, right, okay, if, they, bye if bye. they miss a responsibility, it's okay because they're yeah, this no, person. They're, they're not. They're not really held accountable for very much. They give advice on things they have no qualifications to speak on. Yeah, like when I go to Good Morning America periodically to do yeah. my, you know, I talk about some issue going on in the, in the in gender or whatever, and usually there's some big celebrity there. The entourages that these people have, literally, yeah. it's like you would think that you're seeing the president of the United States in terms of the number of people. They're like sequestered away inside these private rooms with tons of people waiting outside. And you're just like, who are you? A person who sings? Like, I'm sorry. It's not that I question your amazing talent, but the crazy um, institutions that we have constructed around these celebrities just adds to this kind of sense that they can do whatever they want. And I'm always like, and I'm just like, there I am in GMA, like watching this whole spectacle. And it makes no sense actually relative to what we're actually describing, yeah. what we're talking about, what they do. Like it you just sing good, right? Literally that's it. And you're like, why are you treated like, you know, the Ayatollah? Yeah. I don't know. The Ayatollah was like a bad comparison. It's I mean, just, I get certain people can't walk. Like when Michael Jackson goes to Jerusalem, it's like, oh, he's okay, but be that's Michael but Jackson. It's like, yeah, he's at the height of he's the biggest person yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. But not like just some. I went to pick up a girlfriend at she worked at a, a bar in L.A. and there were people were taking paparazzi pictures outside of some lady, and she was like posing for it. And I was like, excuse me, I was trying to get in. They're like, we're taking pictures. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Right. Move from the doorway. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. When you get older, the older I yeah, get, the more like, I don't know no who clue. anybody is. I could give a shit. I love when they quote you. You're the same way. But when they quote you, like, this is this person. I'm like, who's that? I'm like, they're on this show. I'm like, I've never heard of that. Nothing. <laughs> not not even touching yeah, like, sides oh, right wow. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And part, I mean, I'm supposed to like, for a living, I really should like know some of these shows that the youth watch. Cause like I uh-huh. write about adolescents and young people, but still I, I often just draw a complete blank. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you get to the place where you're not confident enough to just go, Hey, Aziz or whoever, um, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like 10, 11 years old. 10, 11 years 12. old. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, it's kind of cool that we talked about this, you know, realization thing that my kid's going through. Because at around 10, 11, or 12, they develop the capacity to understand what society expects of them wow. in a deeper way. Because it's like maybe about abstract thinking or there's some reasoning that kicks in where they suddenly get it. And some of them get it earlier. And it's not that they can't talk earlier when they're kids about like, you know, are, are there differences between how girls and boys act? They can tell you, like my daughter can, you know, girls are are not silly and boys are, but they really begin to understand if I want to be liked, then I need to do things that please other people. And then the, the second thing that happens is that once you start habitually being quiet, then you don't develop the skills to say what you need. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the second piece. It's not just that you're being quiet. It's that you're not practicing speaking up and the ability to say what you think. Yeah. It's a muscle. Like you have to flex that muscle if you want to actually have one to do it. And so you're saying you won't even know how to speak up when it is like, I need to speak up. You're like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, exactly. And the research on this, the most interesting research on this did interviews with a group of girls when they were about eight or nine years old. And Mm -hmm. then when they were 10 or 11 years old and, in the first set of interviews with the eight-year-olds, they said, hey, like, how are you doing today? And they'd say, I'm great. And how do you feel today? Well, I'm feeling sad or happy or frustrated. And, you know, tell me about something that's made you angry. And they go on and on. And then they go back for the second set of interviews when the kids are 10, 11 years old. And they say, ask those same questions. Yeah. Completely different set of answers. Same kids? Yeah, same kids. And you ask those girls, like hey, what? how are you doing? Yeah. Fine. You know, what, how are you feeling today? I'm okay. 
Um, you know, what makes you angry? I don't know. Do boys not react that way? Boys don't appear to go through that same process. They're going through a different process, which is they're learning that if they want to be liked, they cannot act too sensitive. They can't be vulnerable. They have to um, potentially call out other boys who aren't being um, masculine enough. So they're getting a different set of rules that is causing them to shut down other parts of their voices. So boys might be using their voices, but they're not talking about their feelings. Girls are, you know, a girl might tell you about her feelings in a certain way, but she's not going to use her voice. Do women, girls, excuse me, yeah, girls um, in this case, do they, um, are they able to open up with each other? Yeah, sometimes it depends, right? Like a lot, for a lot of girls, they learn, and this certainly continues when we're women, that to get angry with someone means you're going to lose the relationship with them. And so, and again, like Mm -hmm. part of it is that if you're not in the practice of telling people how you feel, then that becomes really scary, right? So first you're told not to, then you stop doing it, then it becomes scary because it's so unfamiliar. So now you're just like both not doing it and freaked out by it. And so you think, oh, I can't tell this woman or this girl how I feel because she won't be my friend anymore. And so then you kind of stew and you hold it in. And that's why girls and women tend to be more depressed than men and boys because they're in depression is often seen as anger (laughs) depression. So girls and women suffer from well, adolescent girls and women suffer from depression at twice the rate of adolescent boys and men. Mm -hmm. And the same with anxiety, anxiety, some people argue is even more than twice the uh, rate and depression. A lot of people believe is internalized anger. So in other words, if you can't externally um, voice your anger, instead you're believing I've got to keep it in if I want people to like me. And also I grew up in a home where no woman ever spoke up. Then you're keeping that in. Swallow it. Yeah. Swallow it. (laughs) Yeah. Can I let that one go? And then, and then you just end up becoming depressed because you're holding on to those feelings without any kind of healthy channel to let them out. Ugh. Yeah. The other thing that women do, and I write about this a lot in my new book, and that girls do. Is What's they, that book called again? Enough as she is? Yeah, it's, it's called gobuyit.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Enough As She Is. Um, yeah. Where do people buy books anymore? I mean. I go to Strand, but like yeah. that's it. You, I mean, you can, or buy Amazon. It. you can buy it at any bookstore. I'm also going to be on tour in March, but I don't know when you're posting this. Amazon. I'll post um, it the day it's released. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm going to be on tour. You can find out about it at rachelsimmons.com slash tour. Because I hired a 23-year-old who knows how to make little websites like that. That's cool. God, I love the youth. <laughs> they are. God like, bless. Rip this together in four God minutes. God bless like, the youth. It would have taken me three days. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So yeah, so girls do this thing and women do it as well. It's called overthinking or rumination. And um, girls and women are disproportionately more likely to sit around and just think in their heads like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Is that person mad at me? And what it means is it's kind of repetitively thinking about the causes of a problem that you have or the consequences of a problem that you have, but you're not solving the problem. You're yeah. just going around and around in your head. And it, and you could do it too. I mean, men certainly do it, but it is one of the most pronounced gender differences, um, you know, between men and women is that women really do this thing. So um, that's also something that happens when you're not given permission to say how you feel is that you keep it in. And then instead of saying, like me saying to you, Ari, did I piss you off when I said that? Or are we cool? You're going in your head going, is Ari mad at me? Is Ari mad at me? You know, why isn't he talking to me? Or why didn't he text me back? Man, that's weird to me. Because the only women, only people have ever said that to me. Like, do we have a problem? Is our women. Yeah. Are you mad at me? Is like one of the great anthems of, you know, young womanhood. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Wait, yeah. so they are able to like, Are you mad at me? A memoir. It. 
Well, yeah, they can. Sure. Now we're doing that over text more than anything. Yeah. Why don't you text back for the last 22 minutes? Right. And if you don't text me back in the next 22 minutes, it must mean you're mad at me. I mean, there's a whole kind of language there. How much of social media adding to this problem? Uh, It adds a lot, um, a lot, a lot, a lot. But I wouldn't say that social media is the problem. And I really, really have like no patience for people who act like social media is the end of civilization. Because I think... I mean, just to sidebar for a second, I feel like that's a really convenient way to not hold parents responsible for any bad things that happen to their kids. Yeah, right? It's kind of like video games. When we were younger, yeah, like, yes. you're violent video games, you're yeah, violent. Yeah. Like, is there any research Mario Brothers is here to destroy. It's like, how about we talk about some of the ways that parents are parenting around and, and not just, you know, this random thing that's come. I mean, again, it's not, it's not that social media isn't doing anything. It's that we have to really pay attention to the way we talk about it. Um, we also are not doing kids any favors by telling them how horrible it is because it's hardly as if they're going to listen to us, right? They're still going to yeah. do it. Oh, my God. I had how such horrible a... social media is. Yeah. Yeah. They what? don't care. They're like, screw you. That's how I make plants. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're not there for that. So I think, um, you know, so what social media does is it exposes you to situations that used to be private. So in other words, like. I didn't used to know, like in high school, when you and me were in high school, yeah. I didn't really know what you were doing on the weekends. No, right? right? Not at all. Had no idea. I didn't know what you were doing after school. I didn't know anything. Because you were a cool kid. You never would have invited me. So not true. Fuck off. So not I true. I was you. not cool at all. Do you think I was cool? You were one of the cool kids. Stop it. You were not in the top tier cool I was not group. top tier. Not top tier. No. Was I was like, three. I was like Destiny's Child. I was like the third one. What's her name? There was Beyonce and... Um, the third one. Left eye? <laughs> not Dustin, not Kelly, not Beyonce. I'm going to have to look it up. But the third one, that's like what I was. See, I can't remember her name. That's how like, you know. <laughs> yeah, the third one. <laughs> you were top tier. You were not top tier. Excuse me. You were like 90th percentile. I think that might be an overstatement. Best, Brooke, and, and Amy were top tier. They were the three. They were the Heathers. Really? Yeah. I think for the you girls. be a little distorted on that, but okay. Who was? I don't know. I mean, and then you, Lisa, and Danielle with like the next group, and then like the Russians were below you. The Russians! Oh my god. <laughs> um, where were we going with all this? Social media? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You wouldn't know what I did. Yeah, you just had like school. a little meltdown about not being popular. <laughs> to take us off. It would have been nice one time to be invited. Shabbos ended early. A lot of times I could have met you guys. By the way, you guys, Ari was never free because his parents were like, Ari can't leave the house during Shabbat. Prisoner Sabbath. house arrest. He, he was under house arrest. He could never do anything. He'd be like on a summer night. He'd be like, We could meet you at nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> like we're probably around done yeah, by then. Literally, like I'm already throwing up by nine thirty. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah, you guys drank too in high school. Yeah. Anyway, you um, were a cool kid. No, that wasn't very. I I wish I could go back and undo that piece. Um, <laughs> so I think what social media does is like we didn't used to know where we were on the weekends, and now yeah. you can see everything. And so everything. right, so that exacerbates your feelings of insecurity. Which if you're a teenager, like you have a lot of insecurity. That's developmentally appropriate. So now I can see where you are. I can see if you've asked, like, let's say I say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? You're like, nothing, and I'm busy. And then, or you say, nothing, and I'm just chilling. And then I go on Snapchat and I see your feed, like you're out with somebody. I feel terrible because I could see something that we didn't used to be able to see before. And the other thing that's different, uh, yeah. right? Like, uh-huh. so you're, in other words, so social media. That seems like adults too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And by the way, any adult, I see this is the other thing I don't like. It's like, let's not pretend, let's stop pretending that it's just teenagers who suffer from insecurity around social media. Like 
everybody struggles with that. We love to make teenagers feel like, oh, you guys really need some extra help with that. As like, they're like not yeah, paying attention to your children because you're on fucking Snapchat That's right. yourself or whatever. That's right. As I can't tear myself away from the phone or I'm feeling yeah. like shit because I see somebody's like perfect family post. You know what I hate? What? I hate those like posts that husbands and wives do with each other. It's nauseating. Go it's ahead. Like say that, it. That it's fucking, be, I want to punch them. I, I really feel like there should be some kind of banner on that where it's like, baby, I love you so much. You're always there for me. I have to do like an apartment voice. 10 years of going strong. <laughs> you know, and you're like, why? why? is this not a DM? No, right. Why, Wh- why what are you do you doing? have to have a fucking press conference about your relationship, which P.S., there's no way it's what you say it no is. No way. No way. But Public then, show of emotion. Ugh, garbage. Yeah, it's just so saccharine and obviously serves to make me and my single life feel like crap. And then, by the way, half those people get divorced two weeks later. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're you're like doing beating each other at night, right? They post yeah. that and then they're like fucking beating each other up at yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> The way you put on makeup to cover up things. It's not funny. I'm sorry. It's like too far, too far. It already brings out the the the, the line crosser in me. Um, <laughs> hashtag too far, too soon. So anyway, uh, I do think that social media creates a lot of anxiety in kids that was already there, but now it's just getting deepened. And so it's not new. It hasn't like changed everything, but it's just like making other things worse. I, I knew somebody who, a friend of a friend, I guess I didn't know them, but they said they got divorced. I'm like, why? And like, my husband was boring. And they're like, why? I thought he does all this stuff. She goes, if his real life was half as exciting as his online life, right. we would he was still like, be together. He was like internet fun. Yeah. But not real life Yeah. Fun. He'd like space out pictures. Like this happened one weekend. This was a month's worth of posts. Yeah. And everyone looks at that going like, wow. And you feel like you're falling behind. It's, I don't think it's, an inter- it's a well, teenage thing. That's why Black Mirror is fucking with me so hard. Are you watching that? I've watched two episodes this year, but this year's aren't really – the last two years before that or three years before that, whatever the other seasons were, yeah. everyone was like – Whoa! I do that in my life. Yeah, exactly. But and this like, this year's is like, I haven't gotten there yet. I just started watching it, so I'm only on season two. Oh, okay. So I'm still in like the oh, good everyone. Ones. Did everyone, you see the I'm thing like with the, the memory implant? Yes. Yeah, that's the the smartphone. Me yeah. getting rid of my smartphone is uh-huh. that is like yeah. yeah. You just like it's too much all the time. But every episode I watch, I'm like, that could be me. Yeah. Right. I totally see myself. And it is me in some moments. Too far. Yeah. And that this is going to be our future. Yeah. Where we all give up our privacy and we give up our autonomy all because we're so desperate for approval or we're so desperate for the convenience of technology. And we want I mean, a lot of what that show, I think, is about is what happens when you have too much information, which is what social media is there to do. It's there to like give you information that you, we didn't have before. Like where yeah, are you like, hanging out? How are you going to deal with it? Yeah. And so I think that it's almost like Black Mirror to me is this sort of cautionary tale about what happens when you go too far and you try to know too much about people or you try to like you have too much access to someone's privacy. Um, whether it's like, you know, that there was an episode where they actually created clones. Oh, yeah. That episode yeah. With the, the guy from the Friday Night Lights. Uh-huh. And, the, and, they, and they had, no, the space guy, like the US, it was like the Star Trek, like that guy created a Star oh, Trek year. world. That was the first, yeah. second season or first season. That's this year. No, oh, bro. Was that this year? Yeah, it was this year. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. I did yeah. accidentally see one from yeah. season four. You can skip around too. They're yeah. fun. Yeah. And like that was just chilling, terrifying, yeah, the torture. Like, oh, I would do that. Yeah. And you have their whole, like, they believe that themselves. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the best. I want to be a master. Right. And that, to me, and that, to me, is about the collapse of the line between in real life and, and online. Right? And that as the relationship between our online lives and our offline lives because becomes increasingly seamless, that's what Black Mirror, to me, is like, that's the outcome. That's the worst case scenario of collapsing that wall. Let's look at a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's that I'm I'm like need therapy about that show. It's a way more like realistic version of the robots taking over. You know, that's in every like sci-fi yes. movie. Like this is like oh, let's say they don't get life and like sentience like 
But what could happen? Like, these are also possibilities. Yeah. They're all equally as shitty. Yeah. 100%. Well, not equally as shitty as robots taking over, but. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Adjacent shitty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shitty adjacent. <laughs> um, uh, so how do you combat this, this uh, problem? Well, it's so funny you asked because this afternoon at a school I will not name, I just had like an epic fail of a class with ninth grade girls where yeah. I had them. There's this article in Seventeen magazine from last year that was all about a girl who um, gave up her iPhone and got a flip phone, and she's like writing. She's 16. She's writing about like how her life changed and how it was actually like really refreshing. Oh, good. Kind of like you, Ari, yeah. with your flip phone. By the way, uh, as a side note, I met another parent last night who told me that as a way to compel his daughter to do what she, what he wants her to do, he sometimes holds up a flip phone as a threat. Like that's what she's going like, to go. I'll transfer this. Yeah, I'll wow. transfer. That's what you're going to get. He like literally has a flip phone like at the house, and he'll just like wave it around, and be like, "You want a flip phone?" Like that's his like torture. Wow, stick. like prison guards. They're like, yeah. "I'll transfer you to a right prison." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that is that's that's what he does. Wow. So anyway, so I was like, so so wait, and I should say. Like a topic sentence in response to your question is, what do I do? Like, well, I'm trying not to come at kids, teenagers, with the sense that, oh, social media is terrible okay. because they have gotten – so teenagers generally tune out adults who are trying to talk to them about social media because they're like, oh, look, here's another adult coming to tell me that I do it too much and that it sucks and that one wrong move is going to ruin my life. Like we've totally fucked up social media education in this country by scaring kids. Also, everybody says like I've seen the research. It shows how terrible it is. I'm like, yeah. but you're still on there? Right. So you've done nothing for yourself to take right. any steps? So right. why would you – so you're just telling children – the same shit that you don't t- yeah, deal with for yourself. Anyway. Like, how, no, but like how effective when you think about us as teenagers, yeah. I had no frontal lobe. I didn't care if somebody told me that like doing this was going to ruin my life. No. Is it, it's the frontal lobe, right? Whippets the one kill, that, kill brain cells. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, totally. Let's I'm do like, it. That's awesome. Let's do it. I'm yeah. going to live forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're not as a teenager <laughs> you caring. Have concept of- you have no concept of, 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 morale, of mortality, of um, – you think you're invincible. You have no concept of consequences. Yeah. So you're like, no, I'm down for anything. I'm like, a great drunk driver yeah, at 16. Are, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're not even a good driver yet. Right. You've been doing it for four months. Right. Just go up to the bar and order that drink. Like, yeah. you're fine. You just tell them you're 21. Like, you just, <laughs> you're not there. So we're taking the thing, this method of teaching, which is which is probably the least effective with this population, just in terms of their brain development, to say nothing of their annoying personalities of being like, <laughs> fuck you, I don't want to be scared. Right? And yeah. we're telling... And that's, how, and that's what we're doing. So all this is to say that I'm always trying to like not be the adult who's scaring them. Um, so it means you have to do a lot of like front end work of establishing that you're not that person. So I tried to get these ninth grade girls to read an article about a girl who traded in her iPhone. And I was thinking that they were going to read this, read this and be like, wow, I wish I could do that. That sounds so refreshing. Literally, they all looked at me like, and this girl's stupid. How could she possibly make any plans now that she lost her iPhone? Why would you do that? What if I didn't have my iPhone and I got lost and I didn't have any maps and I didn't know where to go? And like, what if I needed to get in a cab and I didn't have my Uber app? Like they would look at me like I was crazy and stupid and it was the longest hour of my life. I finally wow. halfway through at, at half, halfway through the hour, I, I, and I'm not kidding, I said to them, and you do have to say this as a teacher, I was like, you know what? I totally blew this class. I was like, this. I have completely wasted your time with this story. Really? Yeah. And they were like, "Arar!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't admit fault. They're like so confused when a teacher does that. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you guys, epic fail." And then I tried to like, you know, make it better for the second half, but they're just so dug in. You know, they they and they're so used to adults seeming like they're trying to take something away from them. Adults react the same way when I tell them about like, "What do you do if you if you need an Uber?" I'm like, "You live in New York. You get a cab." Mm-hmm. 
But then they're like, no, what if yeah, what you if get lost? Right. I'm like, ask directions. Exactly. And people are like, what if what? there's a tsunami and all the taxes? Like- and you're like, what are you talking about? What, what are these things you're talking about? Mm-hmm. What, em- what emergency? Show me one. It's happened in your life, an emergency. Yeah, and that's what these girls were saying. And I also think parents are partly responsible for this. Par- yeah. Parents are saying to them, like, I need to be able to get in touch with you. One of the girls Flip literally phones said- phones are fine for that. That's the only thing. I get it. I get it. You didn't have a fucking connection level before. Right. Flip phone will do that. It's true. They don't need to be, especially before like eighth grade, you don't need to be on anything. Yeah. And, and one of the girls actually said, if I get lost, my parents can track me. And I thought, well, okay, that's fair. I didn't say this, but I was thinking, I want my kid to have a little bit more like street smart. Yeah. And like not be tracked by me because she's in trouble, but like figure shit out. Manhattan kids can get around in any city in the world. But what these kids were saying was that we can partly do that because of our phone. And if we couldn't do that. If we didn't have our phone, we wouldn't be able to do that. For, so, a, few, for a few months, I they wouldn't. I think Manhattan kids are not quite as street smart as you may be giving I them credit I think maybe they for. were. Maybe they were back in the day. Yeah. Back when New York was like a war zone. Ten years ago, I mean. That was, wasn't a war zone ten years ago. I but, mean pre-iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure out how to read the subway map. Yes. When I went to Asia and people were like, how are you getting around without a, without a smartphone? I'm like, the same way my uncle did it right. 20 years ago? Like, what do you mean? In 2001, people were doing these type of trips. It was fine. Yeah. So I think like we as adults have also, you know, set that example. And um, my sister goes through my um, nephews and nieces um, phones and text messages. Like often? Mm-hmm. She says they know she's doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the fence about that. I think you do that if you have a real reason to do that. That's what I say. Once they get into heroin, then you're like, you <laughs> don't get And you're like, this. you know what? I'm going to check your phone more often. Yeah. Now that you've, uh, yeah. No, I guess I'm, I'm torn about it. I do think that you have to prove to your parents that you're responsible enough to do it. But if you feel like you have to check your kids' stuff every day, it does make me wonder if like they're not ready for it or you're not ready for it. And they're also, they know you're doing it, so they're going to find a different mean to express themselves yes, in that way. Yes, and we know way. that kids do that. We know yeah. that the more, the harder you come down on them, that there are plenty of kids who find secret accounts and who find yeah. other ways to express themselves. I'm going to guess your sister, you know, may not know about Finstagram, which is like a fake Instagram account, stuff like that. Oh no, what is that? Uh, Finstagram is like, they call it Finsta. And it's actually not the worst thing. Usually what it is, is it's like a, a pr- account. It's an Instagram account where you have many fewer followers, usually only your closest friends. And you use the Finstagram to sort of be the most authentic about your life. So you would actually post like how you were really feeling on your Finsta in a way that you wouldn't on your Instagram. Like oh. your Instagram has to be sort of perfect and curated and gorgeous. But you could basically post on your Finstagram like, oh my God, I've been crying all night about you know, whatever my stress level. I was trying to get my um, friend's wife. She's my friend too. To uh, to she's always posting pictures of her kids, but I know she calls them assholes a lot. <laughs> so it's like, can you post a real um, Tracy Instagram, just mm-hmm. like of the spills and the the time the one's kicking the other? Yeah, no, it's the same thing. We do this as parents. I mean, Instagram. I try to be a little real about it, but it's the same thing that we do as parents. That you know, when the husband and the wife are writing to each other on Facebook, we're like, look at how fabulous my child is. You know, another one of those. Is um is uh my, I miss my dad. He died three years ago today. Okay, but I'll that's never... really sad. I know it's sad, but like, why are you sharing with all of us who don't even know? Okay, him? but that was, so I'm going to push back on that. Okay, because I'm that person is like looking for compassion and connection. I think everyone is looking for likes, whether it's because of a good thing or a <laughs> you bad thing. People are going to use dead people for likes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, on... or a sexual assault, or yeah. a fucking raise, whatever it is. You're like, or look at this celebrity I was with. I'm just looking for likes. However, the bigger moments, the better. Positive or negative. 
We put I such mean, a value on that. I just I feel do like talking too. about a dead person is more just like I just kind of want some connection online. I want somebody to like. I met him in. once. The dead person, whoever it is, some dead yeah. celebrity. Yeah, I remember going to a concert by so and so. Everyone's like, like it, like it. Come on, bring him in. Bring him in. This is going to be a really radical segue. Yeah. Do you happen to read page six yesterday that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando boned each other? Marlon Brando. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a good segue because we're talking about death and celebrities. Yeah. And they're both dead. I know Mooney um, used to fuck Pryor. Who's Mooney? Paul Mooney. Oh, well, right. So I didn't know that Richard Pryor was bisexual. I also didn't know that. Black bisexual is different than white bisexual. Wow, you're gonna go there, huh? How's yeah. that different? They were like they view it more like Greek. If you're giving it to somebody, it's not gay. Well, somebody, I think Richard Pryor's one of his former wives was quoted in page six being like, "It was the quaaludes. Like the ludes were so intense that like, you know, I'd fuck a rubber tire and send it flowers in the morning if the drugs were good enough. Really? Something to that they effect. We're doing lots of drugs. Yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I was just. I was like, wow, that's such a random coupling. Marlon Brando and Richard Marlon Pryor. Marlon Brando. Yeah, what, what did they yeah. do together? No, that's what I'm saying. I just was like, what? Yeah. It anyway. must have been just drugs and then just go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, I think, you know, drugs are definitely a uniter, not a divider. Do you think if you fuck so Unless much. Unless you're talking about meth. Yeah. What? That's going <laughs> yeah, to make you people. Right. If you fuck so much and then become such a giant celebrity where everything's like, you're great no matter what you do you'll eventually just realize the exact level of bisexuality that you are because no you thing societal will hold a, you back. Right, cause, meaning because you have so much access and no accountability, you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, being a black man, being bisexual, I don't know, I can imagine the cost was pretty high to do that. 70s, 80s? It was a while ago, too. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. The story was a, was, uh, a digression. Paul, Paul Mooney bragging about a party at Pryor's house and bragging about the uh, the Emmys he won. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, that's for that sketch on Saturday Night Live where the guy's like, word association. He was like, I wrote that. And he was like, this is whatever. I wrote that. And then Pryor opened his doors like, and did you tell everybody how I fucked you in the ass right there? Did you let them all know that too? <laughs> he was like, damn it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Page six had that. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I read page six every day. Who's on page um, six? Yeah, it's like gossip. That's the gossip one. Yeah, it's like how I wind down at night. I read gossip. I go, I read, I like go to sites that have memes. I like memes a lot. Memes is the new um, information. You think so? Oh, yeah. People just quote memes all the time. Like, look what so-and-so did and said. And like, that's just a guy putting words on a picture. Yeah, it's, it is true. Like every time I, um, every time a major news event happens, I'll Google the news event with the word meme and I just read the memes. <laughs> it's actually really true. I never the thought that. The creative shit sometimes. Amazing. Brilliant. I just feel like people who do good memes are my people. Like, I feel like they're the best of humor that I appreciate. When um, Axl Rose came out as fat yeah and people to me they were brutal and they yeah. were great yeah take me down to mcdonald's city with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's um it's it's just memes feel like the level of like childish humor that mm-hmm. that that you lose in adulthood yes and it's like memes are this excuse to just be totally immature and just and just silly yes exactly yeah i'm missing that yeah i miss that so um, you know what I heard about millennials? Somebody said this because everyone shits on them about yeah, everything. Not, social I, media I, too. I'm, yeah, I try not to do that. Yeah, but he's like, um, you're only looking at the worst because he was a millennial, I guess, my friend Benji. And he's like, you're looking at the worst of them. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at the normal. 
Yeah. And he goes, if you want to know why they're disillusioned, how about they inherited a, a system of government that no longer is That's working? exactly what I say. And, and li- Me and Benji. Yeah. I few, say the same fewer thing. Fewer possibilities than ever. An economy yeah. that's shitty. You can't find a good job. You can't go into right. business for yourself. And they were raised by parents who like thought that it was going to be really good for them to tell them how awesome they were all the time. And like you know, just basically didn't really give them the experiences that they needed to learn street smarts or be resilient. And so a lot of them then became really inflated in terms of like, oh, I should get this and I should have that and I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. So I should have that. The other thing I've seen with millennials actually um, is that if you're lucky enough to go to a four-year college and you go to like your career development office and they tell you that you're supposed to just like, well, let me even back that up even further. People who get into college, into a four-year college, have to inflate themselves in such an insane way, right? Like, well, it's really hard to get into college now. It's harder than ever. Yeah. That's probably what my book's about, by the way. Enough as she is. Enough as she is? Go buy it.com. Available on Amazon and go buy it.com and Barnes & Noble. It's available at go buy it.com. I have a five-year-old. I'm a single mom. Um, Anyway, it's like- Borders books. What? Uh, um, yeah wait i just lost my train of thought um where people tell their kids they can do anything yeah people tell their kids it. yeah exactly so so all oh, right okay yeah. so college, get for your college for your college yeah, so getting itself. into okay, college yeah. go buy com. okay so go so getting to college has become harder than ever because there was a huge influx of students applying to college but there was not an increase in the number of colleges and this happened in the last 20 years so for example like the college that you went to is probably much harder to get into yeah. Hi. Hi. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. sure. Totally. No problem. No, it's okay. Um, I have to have a snack soon. Why? I'm so hungry. Why? Ooh. Oh. What? Um. I'm having a like crisis with um. Shit. I'm having a problem with uh. A venue. I have 700 people signed up to attend something in Palo Alto, California, my book tour, and um, I lost my venue. And so someone's. Oh no! Why? Can't talk about it on the Rex. Did you like make a rape joke? Mm, I can't talk about <laughs> really? it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> lose venue. I've lost one venue. Yeah. And I go hard. Yeah. <laughs> you help women, be- girls become women. I yeah, can't imagine. I, am, like, I cannot discuss that on, with a microphone. Afterwards, um, I want to hear it. Yeah, I will tell you. Can we just pause for a second? Yeah, let's pause. I'm not going to have my But yeah. anyway, good news. During the break, we found a new um, place for you to perform. We found a venue. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. That is they were good. like, pause so you can tell me about it. And then you get a phone and call. And then I got a phone call it. and my guardian angels in the peninsula of California, the Bay Area. What um, what cities are you hitting on this tour? Um, I'll be in the Boston suburbs, um, New York, D.C., New Jersey. Love the Garden State. Uh, three stops in Northern California and Boulder, Colorado. People call it NorCal. Excuse me. Three stops in NorCal. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might be leaving something out, but uh, I think that's it. Oh, that's hella cool. It's a lot, you know, uh, I may have mentioned earlier, like nobody really knows what sells books anymore. So yeah. I figured I should probably abandon my child for a few weeks and while she becomes a sociopath without me. I like how you tell her that, um, I've been good about not saying her name, but I like Thanks. how you tell her, um, good job for trying instead of like, yeah, even, like even when she does it, though. like you worked hard. Yeah. yeah. I try not to tell her how smart she is. I mean, I don't, I don't not say that, but like. 
one of the things we know is that when you constantly praise girls for yeah. being amazing, then they kind of feel this extra pressure to be amazing because they're trying to please you. Yeah. And so what we really want kids to do is to be praised for working hard because we want them to be hard workers, right? It's not so much that I want my kid to be smart. I want her to be tough and resilient and persistent. Yeah. So you got to praise them when they try, not right. just when they... Otherwise, you make them try things that are easy. Yes. And like, well, I can right, hundred percent, and that right. So then they're just like become more determined to prove how smart they are instead of trying things that they particularly care about. Yeah, that's what I got with stand up too. After a while, I was like, the point is to get a good bit, not to do well on a night to night basis. So if I bomb, it's fine. It's just a path towards getting something good. Yeah, exactly. And it's very easy to play it safe, especially when you're successful. And oh, just so sort many of, people do that. Yeah, it's almost like sad. You almost want to tell them, like, hey man, you're already doing great. Mm-hmm. T- take some chances. Yeah. Well, in fairness, some people like have children and they worry about not making as much money and I can understand yeah, wanting to play adoption. safe. But adoption? Yeah, there's always you can give them up. They'll find nice homes. This is Jim Gaffigan. There's son. always a <laughs> this prime right. real estate. There's always safe havens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can drop them off at a safe haven till what, twelve, thirteen? If you were a famous person's son, would you get adapted faster? Would you, you get like, adopted faster? Yeah. Would you get adopted if faster? Like, if like Maddox was like up for adoption now. I, I think he'd. I think people would be all over him. Yeah. They'd be like, I'm taking that Yeah. It's, it's sort of on par with being a surrogate, right? Like if you're like Kim and Kanye's surrogate, it's like uh-huh. the same thing. Like it's probably really easy for them to find a surrogate. They have like a line going down the block oh, of women yeah. who want to bear their like spawn. Yeah. I yeah. heard the guy who did Tiger Woods' um, eyes, a LASIK eye surgery, was like, I'll do it for free. No, really? Me, Just to be like, mil- I did Tiger. Yeah. 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 No, totally. It's a great, great brand endorsement right there. Have you ever had, I want to talk about press for a little bit for Mm -hmm. just a minute. Have you ever had someone who just doesn't really know you at all? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? We're like, you haven't done any research? No, you don't even know. And oh, it's, that's like at least 40% of the interviews that I do. And you get to a point, and I think this is just partly because I'm in middle age now. And so I just have a lot less tolerance for shit uh-huh. where I, I just kind of want to be mean. Like I'm like, I kind of want to make it hard for them uh-huh. because this is like, how are you? This is your job. Like you couldn't Google me. Yeah. You couldn't like, yeah, it's really frustrating. Like ask some leading questions, do something, man. Yeah. And then you just think, Oh, this person must be so unsuccessful. Like you just start to suddenly, it's also hard to figure out which outlets to work with and like who how do you know who you should talk to? I mean, one of the problems of promoting yourself in a social media economy is that any asshole with a podcast sort of has access to you. Yeah, and, and you gotta like, ask them like how many listeners do you have? Yeah, like my publisher just signed me up for a podcast and I'm like, I've never heard of that. Why are you giving my time away? Like yeah. For all I know, five people listen to this podcast and I have to spend an hour of my life that I can't get back. Like this is sort of, so what's great about this economy and social media is that you have a lot of potential, but you also just have like a lot of jokers out there that you have to deal yeah, with. I've I mean, done those. not and you it's as like, much. It's like they get letter. I mean, I am a joker, but like, but like I, I have at least listeners, I have at least a reach. Yeah, exactly. And I you do know? have a great community on Facebook and, and, you know, in other places that I can connect with, but it's just media. I mean, they're just going through you. They're churning through these people like a dime a dozen. You ever get the care. question like, what's it like to, and you're like, what's it like? What kind of question is that? Well, nobody asked me that. What's it like? It's more like, what should I do if a girl blank or, you know, I don't know. Oh. Why are, why are girls so messed up? Like, <laughs> you're like i don't know man you want yeah. do you have a, a, a month yeah exactly so yeah like be more specific it's almost like charlie rose rest in peace would never <laughs> would never like ask such broad questions isn't it incredible how the titans fell 
Wow, it really is. Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm, sure, Kevin Space. You're like, we all sort of knew about that one. He's, he's always been a creep. I yeah, get it. Yeah, you always had a creep, creep vibe from that. But then guy. some of them, like Prairie Home Companion guy, you're like, no, yeah, <laughs> I know. But it was just, it was. I feel like in our lifetime, Mr. Rogers we'll, next. Oh man, that's that's oh, that's profane. He's dead at least. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Gay too, right? Was he gay? The sweater was so gay. I think he predates gay. So like I have to Google that. It's Mr. Rogers guy. Yeah. Alright, I'm not gonna do it now. Anyway, somebody tell me if Mr. Rogers Tom was Hanks gay. is playing him in a movie. Really? They're doing a Mr. Rogers movie. Wow. Back to it. I hope someday my daughter will be old enough for me to go see a movie and have a life, but I'm gonna have to watch ten years worth of movies <laughs> at some point. Um um wait, what were we just talking about? Get there, get there. Oh, How high uh, am I right now? Companion, just get, kidding. Get, oh yeah, exactly. Me-tude. I'm there. Um yeah, like I just think in our lifetimes we will never again witness a kind of falling of titans in the way like that we saw it was kind of a crazy i mean if you just think about the last year just with the last Trump's year. presidency and like me too and just the incredible tumult yeah. that we've all been living through and again I, I said this earlier i think we've desensitized ourselves to it we've all just sort of learned to kind of survive it keep our heads down check our twitter like not get too involved with it but if you actually step back it's pretty astonishing it's a list of people most of you haven't even heard of you're like that when did he get it? it's like too small scale you didn't know about it yeah yeah exactly i think it's the one reason a lot of men who are like allies are just like scared because they're like i don't know seems like these goody two shoes are getting if i was sure a dude i would be so scared i would be scared to be behind you know behind closed doors with a woman by myself i would be scared like to send emails and to be i mean i think in a lot of ways this is going to backfire on women I, I think that when it goes too far i think you're right when sometimes it's like guys guys get your get your goals down yeah yeah i do th- I, I mean and i think like so much of what happens in terms of workplace relationships does happen over drinking and does happen in these informal ways and does happen with like crude jokes. But if mm-hmm. men feel like they can't do that in front of women, it's not going to make them want to hang out with them. I've heard, means, you know, they're I've not heard working. some in comedy or whatever. And, you know, not just stand up, but like writing and stuff too, that like, there's this like thought now that like we should have an all male writing stuff. It's not worth it mm-hmm. to have a woman on there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that it's this could much, end up, up instead of being something that kind of confers justice to women, it could potentially lock them out of situations because it feels like the safer path mm-hmm. for a man who doesn't want to say or do the wrong thing. And maybe that might be the more immediate consequence. You know, maybe in the long run we get to a better place. But I do think there's a backlash. I think it'll be like a pendulum where it's like probably gone too far with like punishment over education yeah. and then like it'll come back to a good place yeah ari's making a pendulum motion oh yeah I'm, Pen- I... pendulum 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 <laughs> pendulum um yeah yeah did you see that congressman who was like he got scared republican he might have been like a state like congressman which or something. One? yeah but he was like okay okay here's everyone i've ever had sex with and then he okay. just listed all the people and people are like what the fuck is wrong with you he goes there was a blonde woman named mary in tucson uh right. when i was 20, 31 uh there was <laughs> some people like right. are you exactly. fucking kidding me he exactly. goes, what what i don't know what to do right. it's like a, it's like your sexual anatomy or whatever it's like your rap sheet you just yeah. start putting it out there yeah yeah that's the biggest problem with that disease thing it's like all right so he's a little bit of a freak like you're not supposed to say that he didn't really he fucking put your fingers that that's just his sexual proclivity. Mm, gonna disagree with you there. I think he was definitely a creepy, creepy guy and and potentially a sleaze about the way he handled it. Like I think people can have their perversions and people can have their kink yeah. and people can have their weirdness, but like if you're being a dick about those things, then that's not well, just perversion or kink. 
It just sounds like he was pushing her in a way that she was into something she didn't want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think people dispute that he was a sleaze in the situation. The question is, was he assaulting her in some way? And I, I think most people would agree that was not assault. It was bad sex. It was uncomfortable. I've gotten to the place where it's like I get hit up on like social media and like just put it out there or yeah. to the point where same, it's like, same, same, same. Yeah. Just kidding. Not, <laughs> not at all, actually. But even if it's like, hey, you're cute. I'm like, oh, that's good enough sign to be like, you're interested. And then it's like, hey, we should hang out sometime. And then if it's like, what do you want to do? It's like, well, why don't you just come over? And then uh, most of the time, if that's what they're reaching out in the first place. It's like, yeah, okay, let's just do that. But then every once in a while, it's like, what the fuck? You fucking creep? You want me to just come over and blow you and leave? Really? And I was like, no, no, that's not, <laughs> no. Like, why would you think that? I'm like, no, I don't know. Right. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a talk about a confusion of, of, of like media. I mean, you're sitting there communicating with somebody on social media and like, what do you think that's going to lead to? Yeah. Right. Like that's often a place that you go to for hookups. It's not how you're going to start a relationship. Yeah. It's like all those people got on Tinder. It's like, I'm not here for just hookups. I'm like, well then go to match.com. Yeah. Like, what you oh doing here match.com is like for fucking aarp at this point yeah how I bleak just... right now is the central mass um tinder situation um well i live in western mass oh, and sorry. you know if you're not like a 25 year old lesbian in western mass on tinder pickings are pretty slim i mean you have it was like farmer heavy i only um i only go on tinder when i really want to have thoughts of harming myself <laughs> um <laughs> you're like i'm actually yeah i'm good. gonna dig deep there no i i i have a hard time i mean i am a lesbian who you know i'm pretty feminine and kind mm-hmm. of a i'm a lesbian slash jewish american princess lipstick lesbian um i mean i think i'm more lipstick foundation you know concealer botox fillers like i'm i'm way more than a lipstick lesbian um i am really looking for a woman who is you know interested in kind of conventional appearances like yeah. cisgendered as, as we would say um cisgendered look and Look, it's just there's just not a lot of that. At my age, people are either happily married or having really messy divorces, and you don't want to date those people unless you want to rebound. Baggage. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there are some there's there, here and there there's people. I mean, mostly I'm pretty sure that um I don't want to date anybody uh kind of who's remotely healthy in any way. I mean, I think that's probably <laughs> going to be the uh long-term You're plan for me. Yeah, I think I I do think that like I do ha- tend to be drawn to the to the naughty ones and uh but yeah, but back They're to your more question. Fun. Yeah, no. They're way more fun. Um they they are fun. They there's a lot of drama there. And so I I mean, I I was telling you earlier, I feel like my my 5-year-old is the love of my life and um, I do feel like our society is way too biased towards romantic couples. And like, I used to think that I was coming up short in life by being single when actually like I have a really awesome life and I'm so happy and I'm financially independent and have a million friends and like I do what I love and I just really enjoy my life. So it's like, I know a lot of people who are married who are not that happy and who are very lonely in their marriage. Yeah, And then you're still met with this like. I don't know, societal pressure or from like pity. movies and like, TVs. Like, oh, you'll meet someone someday. And I'm like, yeah, but I might not. You're like, unhappy. I'm Why upset. are you telling me you sh- I should be unhappy like you? Right. I'm like, like, I'm actually like fine now. And I think part of it is when you're in your 30s and you're getting all the like save the dates for weddings from people, you're just like, oh my God. God, I'm. What is wrong with me? I'm a broken human mm-hmm. being because I'm not Everybody married and spending thousands of dollars on these stupid bridesmaids dresses and like 
trips and destination weddings. And then you get into your 40s and you start to see people be actually like miserable and cheating and cheated on. And you're like, okay, so actually maybe people who are married aren't by definition happier than me. Yeah. Right. So it's not that I got the, you know, the, the shortest stick, but I mean, it's not, things are hard for me in a way that being single, but it's not like I got the shortest stick is like what I meant to say. Yeah. But it's like, okay. So it's like same thing with people talk about like smartphones or whatever. They're like, what about this and this? Like, yeah, those are negatives. Right. But then overall, yeah, exactly. Like, no, it'd be nice to sleep next to somebody and just like have them like know everything about them. They know everything about you. I'd love to run out for ice cream. After my daughter goes to sleep, right? I am fucking stranded in my house. You want ice cream when you're a single mom and your kid goes to sleep and you can't leave them in the house? Like, that's it. Why don't you just go to the bodega two doors down? No, because I don't have a bodega two doors down. <laughs> me, 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 me. Because I don't have a bodega, Ari. I live in Mayberry in a little town. I mean, I can't do that. And things like that are really hard. You I just want to shout out to the single nice parents. Hikes. What? You get nice hikes right there. I do. I got, I've got hikes. I've got a lot of um, farmer lesbians. And no shade to farmer lesbians. It's just not my jam. You know, I just, I just, I need somebody with a gold card. No, that's a terrible thing to say. It's not really what I need, what I need. But, um, but I'm definitely looking for, for something that is not as much found in Western Mass. It's not even, like, it's not even found anywhere. Like almost all the examples of like, they're working out. They're just in love all the time. And you find out later, like, oh, it was horrible for years. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, exactly. Well, that's a whole other thing, which is the incredible illusion of marriage that people project. I don't know how people get so good at faking. I'm a terrible faker. You're the only one who gives an accurate representation of parenthood. <laughs> that you know. That I know. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm a terrible faker. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I have no poker face. And I'm astonished. I've had very close friends, close friends who I thought were so happily married, be like, yeah, we're getting divorced. Like, What? Like, man, you're just your, your, your holiday cards and your cute little presentation, your minivan and your minivan. I don't know. It's like all like, it just seems like nice. It just seemed so good. So people also, I think that there's enormous pressure to project a particular, you know, view. It is great. Well, I, I, I told my friends I was quitting comedy once. It was like two, three years in. Um, and I was just going home for like a couple of weeks. Um, and they had like a going away party for me, like bought me dinner. I was like, ooh, this has gone too far. Like it was just going to be a prank. But yeah. like um, the reasons, they're like, why? And I gave all the reasons that I, why I was doing comedy and not having that life. But I gave that as the reasons like what I was going home to. It was like, I just want softball on Thursdays and like happy hour right. Wednesdays and Fridays. I just want to be a normal. Yeah. And it was like, that's like, ugh, I hate that. But just give that as exact. Like anyone sees, it's grass is greener shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I My just friends think- see me and they're like. You just go places? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's how I feel about you. I'm like, what do you mean you're just like skiing? <laughs> I have days off in between shows. So. Right, exactly. And the truth is before I had a kid, I, I did the same thing. I would like go ski where I could speak and give speeches and I would do that. Yeah. Um, going to Colorado. Sorry, we can't ski together there. Colorado. I mean, I'm really excited to finally get like some actual west, west skiing. It's the skiing. best. It's all powder. Yeah. I'm really excited. Where are you going? Boulder. And Boulder, gonna go to, yeah. you're going to go to Vail or we'll Denver to after this? No, we're not going to do anything like resorty because I have a five-year-old and like Breck. we only have a couple days. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like oh, yeah. to go to Breck. But when she gets older, oops, I said her name. <laughs> 17, 18. Um, when my kid gets older, we'll, we'll all go together. She's a shredder, man. Kids are fearless. They have no concept they of what no could get fear. hurt. Talk they about have no fear. Talk about no frontal lobe. Ankle. Totally. She's like Gumby. She just does not care. She just goes. I mean, she doesn't go flying down. It's not like she's out of control, but she's just up for anything. Is she too small to have the poles? 
Yeah, no poles. So she just goes out like yeah, that, she just that goes guy out in totally. a Christmas story. It's so cute. <laughs> it <is. laughs> it's really cute. They're just excited. Uh, um, two more questions. Okay. And we'll get out of here. All right. Do you ever see... Oh, how do you know when you're done with a book? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, you're never really done. I mean, right. You could always do more research, right? Yeah. You're never really done. I think writing a book is, for me, the kinds of book books that I write, nonfiction books, uh-huh. um, which are some, pretty much parenting books, but are read by many women anyway. Um, those books usually have about 10 chapters. And by the time you're done writing those chapters, like you're usually exhausted enough that you know you're done. I think the only time you realize you're not done is if there's some major breaking news event or some huge piece of research comes out and it's like, oh, I need to add this Include thing. That, yeah. But the reality is you're never really done because you go through so many editing passes so many times where an editor looks and sends it back and then copy editors and then, I mean, fact checkers and it goes on and on and on so that you oh, have damn. right up until the end a chance to change things. Um, and it really is never over. Is there is there research that you're like, I'll just use that for information, but I don't need to put that in my book? Yes, there's, there's and it's there. hard. Well, you, I mean, there's no question you get in a place where you're like, I should add this and I should add this. And you do have to be able to close the book, the proverbial book, and just say, okay, that's yeah. it. Um, and it's hard because that will be live permanently, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. this will be the book. Uh, and that makes me incredibly nervous. But I also this time had so many people read the book who could call me out on mistakes that I feel like it's probably pretty solid friends and colleagues and people who are smarter than me and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be afraid to have people Who's read my smarter books. smarter than you? Ah, many people. But I used, to, I, used to have, I used to be afraid to have people read my book because I'd be afraid, like the draft, because I'd be afraid that they'd be like, God, you're stupid. Yeah. Like it was like crazy, like weird fear that I had, which is so we- ironic because of course there I am about to publish a book into the world, but don't want like a few people to read it. Like it was just sort of this weird perfectionistic thing I did. Yeah. So that's behind me. Thank God. Oh, that's good. That's good. I know a lot of comics after they do a special, like I don't want to look at it. It's like, well, who, then everyone's going to look at it. You're not going to be the one editing it. Right, Are you crazy? Exactly. That was like, how, that was what I was doing. Um, uh, where do you find this, these uh, studies and stuff that you research? Um, well, a lot of times I find them written about by other studies, right? So one of the great things, one of the oh, best yeah. things about reading research is they always start with introductions. And the introduction to the research basically is, here's what everyone else has done on this particular thing that I'm about to write about. So they kind of do the homework for you. That's it's cool. pretty simple. Footnotes and shit. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's you just got to get into like, that. What was that? Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's basically like they're just like giving you a cheat sheet for your own work. Do you um, do you see this lack of confidence loss or whatever? Do you see this at all as an American thing versus international, or is it just societal everywhere? It seems to be pretty across the board. It's, it, it it is it happens in any society where women are expected to be subservient. Right. Right. So because basically you're talking about a whole population of people that yeah. comes into the realization that they are expected to kind of subvert their own needs and put others' needs first. They're kind of psychologically second class citizens. Like, right. Well, in Asia, you have a lot voice. of that. Yeah. Yeah. In Asia, there's my all my books are well, not all, but um, some of my books are translated into Asian languages, um, particularly the first one called Odd Girl Out you know, many different Asian languages because the prevalence of girls bullying each other secretly is, is just very, very high. Um, again, because in Asia, there's a strong expectation of female submissiveness. So when you have a whole, you know, class of people, females, young females who are kind of waking up to the realization that like my needs don't matter as much as somebody else's needs, you know, that's going to create a real loss of self-worth. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just told you once, but it was like in the Scandinavian countries, uh, I, maybe just the big cities. I don't know everywhere, but in Oslo and Copenhagen, in uh, in Bergen, it's like in Reykjavik, it's like the the women seem more equal there than anywhere I've been. And they are. I mean, gender equality. It it seems that we've gotten as close as we can get to achieving it in you know, those countries. Really? A hundred percent Scandinavia. Yeah. They are the most progressive when it comes to gender equality. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's like strange. Yeah. Almost. They're really like, you want to have a baby? We're going to pay you your entire salary for a year. Just like chill uh, out with your kid for a year. No, they're just like so, so good to women there. My brother's in Germany, which is not Scandinavia, but they paid for her. She got pregnant. You get 60% of your salary for two years and then she got pregnant again. So you get 60% of the 60%. For the next two years. Unbelievable. So it's like, no, no, of course, raise a kid. Right, yeah. And they have enough money to do it, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's a different different world. Yeah. Is there any difference with this stuff between introverted women and extroverted women? Uh, that's a really good question. I think introverted women, um, introverted people, if they're not familiar with temperament and they don't know about their temperaments, can often feel less than and mm-hmm. feel like something's wrong with them. I, I see that on the college campuses that I work at that a lot of introverts feel like college life is sort of biased against them, right? It's all about kind of making a splash and taking up space and being loud and doing crazy things. And like introverts may not want to do that. And so a lot of introverts can feel, find themselves feeling like they don't belong um, in certain environments because it feels like everything's about privileging the extrovert. Yeah. Some of the stuff you talk about with women that I've seen you post and, and articles you've written, I'm an introvert. And so it's like, Oh, that's me. And so I have to be like, is is that men too? Or I'm like, no, maybe it's just introverted men yeah. who are act more like we expect women to act. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, I think introversion is probably not so gendered. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think that is from the studies I've seen. Yeah, I don't think so. But like the reaction too is like, I, I don't want to raise my hand in a, in a, in a. Right. And the expectation know. that like you have to speak up in order to be valued. That's not really fair. If that's not your, if that doesn't. That's really hard for you. They talk about writing staffs and like people just like throw out jokes, whatever. And it's yeah. like the introvert will try once. And if everyone doesn't like that was the best. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done for the day. Right. I'm not going to take another yeah, nothing. Exactly. But the extrovert just like throws out a thousand misses. Right. And, and he just keeps going strong. That's right. And some might say that, that that's true actually of, of men versus women, that men are more comfortable throwing out lots of responses and because they're comfortable being wrong. Uh-huh. Whereas women feel like whatever they say has to be absolutely right. And if it's not kind of what you said, like, okay, I'm out. So that is somewhat gendered, actually, um, with respect to speaking up in a group. That is one reason. I think you might have told me this before because it's one of the reasons I say that there's not as many women in comedy. Yeah. It's because like in the early stages where you're going to bomb. Yeah. You just women have are to less... just drown in failure. Yeah. And women are like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And whereas men are like, I've been doing it. Oh, my it. God. When I, I mean, I feel like teaching is a kind of performance, right? Mm-hmm. And so – I just bombed so hard this afternoon oh, with these crazy. girls. It was just, it was painful. I was just, and one of them started laughing at one point and I was like, are you laughing at me? You little shit. Right. But I'm like, la, 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 like on the outside. I mean, and then I was remembering watching this ninth grade girl laugh hysterically with her friends. I thought that was me, man. I was such a laughing at Mr. Bell. Oh, you grab my belt. Rest in peace. Yeah. You know, no, I was so, I was a terrible kid in class. Like I used to laugh. I was so disrespectful to teachers. They knew we were laughing at them. You can tell the difference between an at and a whip. There are so many times that, I mean, I should, I should literally be remanded 
to a world in which kids laugh at me every day of my life <laughs> for what I did to teachers. So I actually, I sat there watching this ninth grader laugh, could have been at me, maybe not, and was like, I deserve this. You know, inside I had this like satanic voice, but then I was also like, you deserve this, Rachel Simmons. Like, you brought this, this on is yourself. some payback right now. Like, you just sit here and take it. I think t- classes should have um, cameras in them. And and if it's warranted, teachers should be allowed to hit kids. Yeah, and you should be like, let's look at the tape. Look how demeaned this motherfucker was. Pedestrians actually in the crosswalk just (laughs) ignore and just walk. I feel like we should just be allowed to hit them. Yeah, tap tap. Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, like yeah, just like the back of the foot. I hit a pedestrian once. No, on Sunset there was a there was a. I think it might now be. That's like my worst nightmare. Like that I'm texting and I hit somebody. Yeah, I was looking at the window at this at this um, thrift store. They're like. And, and I took then, a big drag on my joint and then I wasn't even smoking much then, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. And I started to go. And then it was just, someone's like, Hey, fuck. And just fell on the hood. <gasps> and he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, see ya. Like, you, you had a hit and run. I'm not staying for that. Oh I'm way God. wrong. He wasn't like knocked over. Wow. I'm not staying. Wow, I was wrong. Like I was wrong. Kipper level sin. I hope you, yeah. I hope you apologize to God when the gates were open. Do you forgive me for everything I've ever done to you? Yes. Do you, uh, I forgive you for everything you've ever done to me. And then you're like, Mike drop by. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dumb question. Um, do you remember it that? It is such a dumb question. Do you forgive me for everything I've done to you? Cool. Yeah. Yes. How about you? Do you forgive me for everything I've ever done to you? Ever done to you? Do you forgive me for everything I've ever done to you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. all out of fear. Like, I do. Do you forgive me for everything I've ever done to you? Yeah. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> it's true. It is a little pet. And it's like, that's not the way you get rid of your sins. You still stole from them. Yeah. No, you burn in hell. That's how you get rid of your sins. <laughs> yeah. Until right? you're cleansed. Didn't you learn that? Until you're clean. Yeah. Until you're clean. That's what I'm going to do. 11 months. Going to burn for it. 11 months. But every day in heaven is like a thousand years here. Yeah. So the 11 months that's like is Black a long Mirror. time. That's like Black Mirror. Where like they can control the passage of time. Sorry to bring it back there. But like they can control the passage of time in the virtual world they're controlling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They Just, can like move the dial and make 500 days pass in a minute of human time. Did you see the Lesbo one? No. Oh. Really? Is it hot? It's not that hot, but it's nice. It really is. I, what I like about Black Mirror is they put black people in roles that have nothing to do with race at all. They're just like, yeah, two people. One yeah. can be black. Yeah. Uh, but also That's what this. I like about Aziz Ansari's work, actually. Really? Yeah. Just puts randoms. Well, no. It's just like so non-white and I really uh-huh. appreciate that. Just like it's not – it's totally unremarkable. They're just people. Yeah. And this was just a romantic thing but it's like um, they happen to both be women. Cool. I could go with that. But like it wasn't about lesbianism. Yeah. I could use a good lesbian movie if anybody wants to tweet some suggestions at me. The incredibly true story of two two girls yeah, in love. Yeah. I already saw that shit. Oh, okay. So well. <laughs> yeah, I mean like I, I haven't seen a movie in five years. So if anyone <laughs> anything's come out, hit me up. Um all right, Rachel, enjoy your crazy fucking rich party you're about to go to. Thanks for interviewing me, Ari. <laughs> Look, all I'm doing is just I got to sell, sell, sell. You know I how ho- it is. I hope this wasn't as painful as many of this stuff. Because the last time we did a podcast had nothing to do with anything you're promoting. So I did kind of want to talk to you about the fucking, the thing itself. Yeah. And not just have like. I, I really appreciate it. Fun talk. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And, uh, and you know, we got to, t- we still got to cover a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You must get sick of saying the same stuff over, right? Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, I didn't really talk about the book that much here, anyway. I mostly just wanted to hang out with you. I like your audience too. They were pretty sweet to me on Twitter. Oh, that's good. Afterwards, yeah, I'm Rachel J Simmons. If anybody wants to tweet at me, what's the J for? Um, Jesus. Jewish. No, Jewish. I should have known that. Jewishy. Yeah. <laughs> Jew- <laughs> Jewy. Jewry. Jew goddess. Do you remember going to rallies to free Soviet Jewry? Oh my god, my mother dragged me to that shit every they weekend. They took us from the school. They used us. We didn't want to go oh, down my there. My mom used to like drag me down there. Oh really? Yeah. And then she would. She was. Yeah. No. And we'd pick it outside the White House. Mm-hmm. Free Soviet Jews. Yeah, we were just pawns. We yeah, were like human pawns. shields like, for their no little demonstrations. Today, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just thought about that recently and it was like, we, that wasn't us. Yeah, no, that was, was it, and, and so, was, so the press could come take a picture, like look at these kids yeah. asking, please, Mr. President. Yeah. Help. <sighs> um, now right. Trump would just be on the balcony. He's like, look at those Jew kids. <laughs> look at them all with their noses. <laughs> there was a terrible picture of Donald Trump um, boarding Air Force One and the wind blew his comb over back and oh. it was like his bald head was underneath. It was like kind of a pathetic picture like, to show oh. to you. Yeah, look at it. yeah, you almost were like, oh, you're, you're almost poignant. <laughs> Except that you're Satan. Yeah. All right. One more time. What's the book? Enough as she is, how to help girls move past impossible standards of success to live happy, healthy, and fulfilling lives. Check out my website, rachelsimmons.com. Um, yeah, everybody buy your book, especially if you have a daughter, or especially if you're a daughter. Or yeah, a, buy it for a parent of a girl. Buy it for yeah, a teacher a of girls. A yeah, it's a present. Teachers? Who's it for? It's for teachers, parents, and girls themselves. Girls are going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. High school, college. Absolutely. You got to start a podcast, man. You're, you're, you'd be fulfilling a, a, a section that's not represented. I don't know. You think I'm interesting enough? You got to yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably say bad shit though and get in trouble. So it's easier to do it on your podcast. You'd have to leave Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, you'd have to leave Smith and then, and then you can do whatever you wanted. All right. All right. Bye, Rachel. the episode thank you very much rachel simmons for talking to me not as fun as my last one but it was more like informative we'll say that it was like interesting i got to talk to her as like an author this time instead of as a friend but as someone we're, i'm close to also i should get Daniela on Daniela topol runs a uh, a theater in new york i have to go down there and see a play and look at her fucking theater that's another person we have in our class who runs a theater company, runs it. She started as a theater director, never wanted part of garbage Hollywood. Oh, anyway, um, that's the episode. Get the book. Enough as she is. How to help girls move beyond. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Just get enough as she is. The rest is nuts. Thank you, Ray Taylor. Um, for coming up with the Photoshop. She he photoshopped me into a picture of. Um, the book, Enough As She Is. Wait, where is it? Boom, here it is. Ray Taylor on Instagram. Yeah, it's Rachel on the left and then a bunch of me's. <laughs> That's a good one, man. I got a bunch of good ones. The people always submit stuff. You guys are fucking rad. I, you know, whatever. I give you a little money. And what I might do is like, I might just start putting up all the good ones. Like put the main thing as the thing on the website and then just Instagram like like a six, you know, when you can go like six things in a row. Put out a, If I had to put out a second promotion, I'll just put out all the good ones and I'll give them all the money too, I guess. Yeah. Any of the ones I think were like pretty good. Made me laugh, whatever. I'm like, you all, doesn't have to be just the best one. Uh, that's how I'm using Instagram stories now. A preview of who's in the episode. So that way I can tell people those Instagrammers, I mean, those Photoshoppers, what it's about instead of just who the guest is and then whatever. You want to get creative, you can. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll put them all out and tag everybody. 
the good ones, not the garbage ones. The garbage ones make me laugh too. But anyway, um, oh, me and Ryan are staying in this house. It is fucking preserved in Utah where this guy's medals were. Maybe we'll do a podcast, me and O'Neill, about this fucking ski trip weekend. Yeah, maybe we should. Okay. Well, guys, don't forget, here are the dates real quick. I'm not going to say all of them, but starting today, uh, when Rachel's book is out, today, it's out right now. You can just order it on Amazon or uh, go to your local bookstore. Do those still exist? Are those gone? Did I just date myself? Are there bookstores anymore? The Strand. It'll be in the Strand. Um, Man, I'm not coming back for a long time. Um, Oh, okay. Boise tonight. Tomorrow, Seattle. Wait, that's that's Wednesday. Oh wait, Boise tomorrow night. Oh yeah, Boise tomorrow night. I'm doing I'm skiing Alta today. Um Tomorrow, Boise, Seattle sold out. Uh Calusa. Vancouver oh, no, yeah, Vancouver. Then Edmonton for three days. And then Albany, Syracuse in April. Then Perth, Melbourne, Adelaide, Sydney, Brisbane, possibly Shanghai and Singapore, but we'll see. Maybe maybe Christchurch or Auckland as well, one or the other. I don't know, you guys. I'm scared of I'm scared of going to New Zealand and then having the weather turn and it being all rainy and cold the whole time that I'm there for two weeks. When really the only reason I go is to go hiking. I think I should have carved out time to go to New Zealand before Australia in like the first two weeks of April, you know, or like the last week of March and the first two and the first almost two weeks of April. That would have been a better time to do it. Right. I I just want to have fun. I think maybe Japan, I'm taking two weeks off. I'm going off the grid again just for a couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll time out podcast. So it'll still go, but just a short trip, a jaunt. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. But I do want to hike Mount Fuji and see some fucking Japan. Get back to the Far East. It's been a year. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I don't have to bother you with it. The skiing in Utah is fantastic. My, my levels, my skill levels are going up. Uh, all right. Ari Shapiro's Capitec, episode 316. Girls Gone Mild with Rachel Simmons. Over and out. I don't dance now. I make money move. Say I don't gotta dance. I make money move. If I see you now speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss to a worker, bitch. I make bloody moves. Now she say she gon' do what a who? Let's find out and see. Cardi B, you know where I'm at. You know where I be. You in the club just to party. I'm there. I get paid a fee. I be in and out them bench so much. I know they tired of me. Honestly, don't give a fuck about who in front of me Drop two mixtapes in six months What bitch working as hard as me I don't bother with these hoes Don't let these hoes bother me They see pictures, they say ghosts Bitch, I'm who they tryna be 
Look, I might just chill in some babe. I might just chill with your boo. I might just spill on your babe. My pussy feel like a lake. He wanna swim with his face. I'm like, okay. I let him get what he want. He buy me East and Laurent in the new rib. When I go fast as a horse, I got the trunk in the front. I'm the hottest in the street. Know you probably heard of me. Got a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you hoes know it ain't cheap. And I pay my mama bills. I ain't got no time to chill. Think these hoes be mad at me. They baby father run a bill. Say, little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose. And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. I don't gotta dance, I make money move If I see you now and speak, that means I don't fuck with you I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves If you a pussy, you get popped You a goofy, you a op Don't you come around my way You can't hang around my block And I just check my account Turns out I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich I put my hand above my hip I bet you dip, he dip, she dip I say, I get the money and go This shit is hot like a stove, my pussy Glitter is gold Tell that little bitch play her role I just a rope in the rolls I just came up in a rave I need to fill up the tank No, I need to fill up the safe I need to let all these hoes know They none of their niggas to safe I go to dinner and steak Only the real can relate I used to live in the peace Now it's a crib with a gate Rolly got charms The life was the place Hard to let these bitches know Just in case these hoes forgot I just wanna check the mail Another check from Mona Got the little bitch You can fuck with me If you wanted to, these expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose, and I'm quick. Cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now and speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves. Bloody moves.